Hello and welcome to or welcome back to the Fun Filtered Podcast. I am Sam and I am joined as ever by Jordan. Yes, you are. I am. You are joined by me. That's not a very nice way of saying hello. <laughs> okay. Is it? No, I was, just com- I was just confirming it for you. Well, I know. Why are you confirming it for me? So how are you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, yeah. Um, so you know, I've been over the years, some friends have asked me to compile uh watch lists for them mm. so now oh, i don't know nothing about <laughs> i don't know nothing about <laughs> I, what I even, is this I even went stupid. you speak of <laughs> i don't know nothing about film okay. can you educate me and so you know i've usually had kind of a very loose program starting with films like no country for old men mm. american beauty things like that mm. anyway the point is after people ask for those lists they never bother watching the films on them i see right uh, or very few. M- might watch one or two, and then, you know. Have you... Um, what do you chalk that up to? Lethargy. Okay. Well, because, you know, being asked for that sort of thing tends to come from a place of, of naturally someone who doesn't consider themselves very well up or cultured on their film watching. Mm. Or, at the very least, um, in comparison to you. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm interested in film, but I know that you know films. Sure. So... Um, share with me your wisdom. Yeah, but I would say that, for example, I mean, this is the the danger that you face, isn't it? When you mm. when you give somebody a list of mm-hmm. films that they're not accustomed to, um, I'd say that No Country for Old Men mm. is one of those films you sort of work up to. It's not like oh, a, I wouldn't say so. Here's your introduction to cinema. Go. Not a cinema, no. Yeah. But I'm not like this. Doesn't these aren't toddlers? No, they're not toddlers. But I do feel like if you're not. Um, Prepared, I suppose, for No Country for Old Men, the pace of it. Yeah, but that, yeah, yeah, but that's why it's there first, right? Because topically, mm. it's not difficult to follow. It's a very, very simple story. It is, yeah. But yeah, it's very slow. Yes. So that's the thing that people aren't used to. Mm. So that's why it's kind of like a breaking the seal sort of film, I think. Okay. When I say it, like it's, you got to build yourself up to it. I'm not claiming yeah. like, oh, it's this dense, like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a, you know, French art cinema. It's not complicated. You have to, you know, have like three to five years worth of pretension built up before you can even tolerate those films. Yeah. It's more um, like you don't start with it. It's like a level or two above starter great films. What starter then? Um, Because you've got to remember that they've usually seen a lot of the starter good films. Yes. So if you're including things like Shaun of the Dead and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has seen that. Yeah, they have. Um, I suppose American Beauty is not a bad start to work. Yeah. Because uh, that's not slow. No. And it's character focused, which is something that people need to adjust to. Mm-hmm. But it's not, um, it's got a sense of humor about it. Yeah. And it has, um, I don't know, I feel like a, I feel like a general person could watch American Beauty and not be, um, not it, it not like miss them. No, but the I point think, of it and what they're supposed to get out of him is that. Whereas I feel like somebody can watch No Country for Old Men and go, "What's the point in that?" Well, mate, well that's the risk you take, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that would come from. Uh, I'm 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 choosing the films that did that for me. Yeah, right? that kind of opened up the new. So Mystic River is always in there because that was my first sort of what I considered mature mm. drama film. There was no, um, yeah, there isn't really no action. You know, yeah. So yeah. even though I, I'd seen films designed for adults. Mm. Nothing that was basically just dramatic. Yeah. So that's always in there. Yeah, No Country, American Beauty, The Matrix, depending on whether they've seen that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason I think most people stop is just because it's easy. It's the sort of 
not quite a hedonic treadmill, but just the falling into all patterns mm. of it's just easier to watch YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. Just comfortable or rewatch Friends or rewatch The Big Bang Theory or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. sorry, this was this sounded like it was setting up an anecdote. It was. Okay. Yes. I, I say trust you, go. Yeah, <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because it, it very rarely works. Okay. And a colleague of my father's asked for some TV recommendations. Okay. So I recommended a bunch, and I recommended they start with Homeland. Right. We're not worthy of the other ones, are we? We're not worthy of knowing what else he recommended. Oh, yeah, but as, do you want me to just reel off the list? Not the whole list. I was well, just expecting a couple of... It's like, oh, I recommended him some television. Her. Sexist. Her. Some television. <laughs> I think I said him. Then they said him. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, it's the obvious. Breaking Bad, mm. Homeland, The Shield. You know, all, okay. the, all the things we've talked about on the... But, you know, leaving out the more esoteric... You know, I didn't write, I didn't put down the leftovers. Yeah. Um, even six feet under, I think you need to build oh, yourself God, up a bit. Oh yeah, you need to. Yeah. <laughs> Not just for how heavy it is, and how kind of thematically, you know, it it's a burden almost, isn't it? Like yeah. it weighs heavily on you. That, that's the thing. Like I I remember very little of the first episode of Six Feet Under. Right. What I remember is Claire's musical number. Yeah. And how just unrepresentative that is of the misery that is to come. See, that's the thing. I don't think it's a miserable show in that way. Oh, it gets miserable. There are miserable moments. It, yes. I'm not going to deny I, that. I vividly remember that last season being a, like a struggle. <laughs> not because of the quality of the show. The yeah. show was very good. Yeah. Um, and the ending was, you know, it was kind of like, oh, it's sort of been worth... Yeah. I understand why we were put through this level of misery so we mm-hmm. can get to this ending. But it was absolute misery. <laughs> I yeah gay, I gay paintballing is something we've brought up before right that's like, yeah but uh, that's because it's such a disjunct isn't it yeah I mean I'm not going to deny that six feet under is moody mm. uh, yeah it's just about death yeah but it's a very funny show as well I think that's something that it shouldn't it, be neglected it can be. no it is it's often funny no that's yeah I'm yeah. not denying that it can be funny yes um, but it can be just as miserable. Sure, like the peaks of comedy are yes. the same height as the peaks of misery. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's good, isn't it? Okay, uh, but so for you, it was a lot of Shawshank before the redemption. Yes. Okay. Uh, I I genuinely do think that that gay paintballing episode was sort of like a a gift. Yeah, like <laughs> a, a preemptive. A like we know what you're in for, so we'll give you gay paintballing. Yeah. Before you have to sit through the rest of it. Yeah, but like I said, I I don't I wouldn't put that on the list. Not necessarily because of the subject matter. Uh, more just be. Cause, like Mystic River, it's just a drama. Yeah. A funny drama. Yeah, but yeah. It's not action-oriented. It's not kind of... doesn't have the Breaking Bad thing. No. Or even the Sopranos no, thing. No, if you're not um, down for just pure character work, yeah. then it really isn't yeah. a show to, to watch. Yeah, so it was kind of more entry-level crime shows mm. that I recommended. But anyway, they start with Homeland, and by all accounts, they really, really like it. Okay. Uh, but the highlight of that was... So they finished an episode. One of them went to have a shower or something, came downstairs as his wife was uh, catching up on Coronation Street mm. and said to her, how can you watch Coronation Street after we've just been watching? <laughs> now, I don't know uh, the chap. I only know mm. the woman who works for my father. But I've been told that it's a bit of a struggle for him to follow something that's relatively complicated. Okay. Doesn't watch anything like that. It's right. all just simple stuff. But he really likes Homeland, and it, like, it was sort of an epiphany to him to go, yeah, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, we've, it's ruined now. Yeah. And his wife kind of was watching it and going, yeah, I, 
I don't know why I, I can watch it. <laughs> I, yeah. Mm. So I've successfully ruined soaps for somebody. Okay. All right. Yeah. Which is what we're all um, trying to do. We're all trying to do. Yeah. yeah. That's we're our mission. Ruin soap operas for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think we can ruin Marvel as well? Ooh, uh, it's going to take a bit more than bit. Homeland, I think. A little bit. Parasite? Yeah, the thing is, like, I was thinking about, like, what would be good entry-level films to show to people. Yeah. I think if Parasite wasn't... If Parasite was in English, mm. then maybe that would yeah. be a decent entry-level. Because it's an incredible film. Mm-hmm. And it's very well put together. And it's got all of the hallmarks of great films. Mm-hmm. Like, it has, you know, it's got themes that don't... That are not overplayed. And mm-hmm. it's got good characters. And mm-hmm. it's got like iconography that like sticks with you mm-hmm. but it's also just like a romp it's a romp yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite a fun little the way it moves is yeah. very um you move with it kind of a tragedy of errors sort of thing isn't it yeah because it's, it's a drama mm. but it kind of has the pace of a comedy almost yeah oh i think who's it the coined it kind of as a wanky term screwball drama Okay. I'm not Rich Daiwadi. He was talking about Citizen Kane. He said the, the pace at which that film moves, mm. um, it's like a comedy. So he kind of coined screwball drama. Right, okay. It's sort of got that going for it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not boring. No. Um, or it couldn't be perceived as boring because it's got character work and it's got action and it's mm-hmm. got... Like, it doesn't um, stick to one thing. No, it's, and it's funny. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, and it can be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem there is that you have to conquer the beast that is foreign cinema first. You have to be willing to sit through subtitles and yeah. there are some, you know, less so with Parasite, definitely less so with Bad Genius. I mm. brought this up before, but a lot of foreign films, just the cultural differences that you have to, it feels very different, you know? Yes, but I mean... Sometimes in the way they tell their story and just sometimes in the, the um, what is being put before you. Yeah, but naturally there are some foreign films that are basically, there's there's no entryway there. There, there are zero... I mean, Parasite would be a good gateway film to foreign cinema. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I suppose when I say built up, you just have to you have to convince them. I suppose. Yeah. Like you know, this is. Yeah, you have it's dub it's yeah subtitled, mm. so you have to read what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it's a good film. Well, the the best films kind of transcend that parochial architecture anyway, right? Mm. The best things are truly international. Yeah, and there might be the odd little reference, like I think in Parasite. They reference Oxford. One of the characters has gone to Oxford University. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that is a, a, a university in Beijing, I think. Oh, okay. That they've just translated as Oxford. Right, okay. Uh, so that we kind of have that cultural touchstone. Okay. The old Pan's Labyrinth, that seems like a good entryway as well. Yeah, well, Pan's Labyrinth is uh, very tonal, isn't it? Yeah. It's, sort of about, it's more about the atmosphere than yeah. um, the physical what's happening. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's just kind of the set design and yeah. the, the, way, the aesthetic of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that can carry you through the film. You don't mm. need to... You could watch Pan's Labyrinth without subtitles and still get... Basically get it. Basically yeah. get the experience that yeah. that film is trying to create. <laughs> like when the Nazi commander caves in the guy's face with a bottle. You go, he's the villain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk about Bad Genius now? Shall we do... We haven't done our coming up yet. Oh, we haven't? Yes. No, that's right. Unless this is going to go... No, we'll probably put it where it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Coming up. Coming up. I feedback on the Bad Genius TV show. Complaining about Taylor Swift and influencers and Instagram and all that. And something called Project 2000. A hypothetical movie question about casting choices. The future of Superman. A question about intelligence and zombies. 
a thrilling installment of Sam's Lexiconer. The recent allegations against Marilyn Manson. Harry, Meghan and the Royal Family, all that, you know. And a review of Promising Young Woman. Okay, all right. All right. That was the coming up. That was the coming up, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll pay my debt to the audience. Um, on the last episodes, we were talking about uh, television from 2020. I said that I've watched like four seasons of television mm-hmm. compared to your literally thousands of seasons of television that you've watched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you've watched more television than, than, there, than, is there, television. than there is television <laughs> last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I said the bad genius was something that I missed at the time it came out, but it was something I was going to retroactively go back and see. Mm-hmm. And I've now done that. I've now watched bad genius, mm-hmm. the television series. Okay. Um, it's a weird one. My, my suspicion going in and from the first 10 minutes of the first episode was that it was going to be the same story. It was going to be Bad Genius again, Mm -hmm. but it was going to be elongated and embellished, Mm -hmm. but to no real, for no real reason other than they could now. Bad Genius. Bad Genius, sure. Um, Oh, and I'm not allowed to do puns. Well, that's not a pun, is it? Well, it's it's something. It's, you know. It's a joke. It's in the same, uh, it's on the, (laughs) it's set up its tent on the same campsite as puns, isn't it? No. no, I mean both involve words. Yeah, that's was- that's, <laughs> that's that's what neighbouring techniques are, aren't they? They share a general like we use the same symbols for this and this, therefore right. they're the same thing. No, that wasn't a pun. Okay, it, it was magnitudes cleverer than a pun. Oh, was it now? Yeah, it was. Bad genius was more clever than I don't know. No, name, no. literally any no. pun that I've Bad done. Bad genius. Bad genius. Yeah, that's cleverer. It's not clever, because it, it is. is. It's a pun. It's not a pun. It is a pun. It's not a pun, because I'm, I'm not kind of... I'm not point using any different definition of the word. No. Or changing the word. You're, you're, I'm you're elongating it. it. Yes. But I'm elongating it as a result of you saying that it was bad genius merely padded out. Anyway. Anyway. Be, be silent, Sam, for now. Go on, then. Um, yes, so the TV show is an adaptation of the film, mm. and it does follow pretty much the same story as the film okay is it an adaptation of the film or is it a re-adaptation of true events okay here's the thing i don't know specifically what this film is based on it does say that when i say that it says that it's inspired by true events Mm -hmm. and i don't know what specific event the film is adapting right or whether because i think i saw like a, a brief article saying that the director heard about like this cheating syndicate yeah in china right so I don't know if there's like a specific event that he's adapting. It was, or whether it's just the fact that he heard the Chinese students were te- cheating, and you know, I'm worried. I am worried because because I mentioned China, and now you're giggling as if like, oh, I know what I'm going to say next. Because you said you heard about the syndicate. Is it is it, uh, <laughs> is it was it a cheating syndicate, or is that just the name of the syndicate? The cheating. Oh, cheating! <laughs> <laughs> I cracked myself up. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Um, no, they they <laughs> they cheated on yes. exams. So yeah, I, I think it's less. There is a specific event that he's adapting, and more he heard about this. Right. I was like, oh, it'd be interesting if somebody did a story. Okay. About like a cheating syndicate. Right. So I'm assuming like it's not. So the show would not be readapting true events. It would be adapting the film. Okay. And it does for nine episodes. Right. However, this is a 12-episode miniseries. Okay. And this is something that I've only ever seen Asian media do. Right. So I don't know whether this is... Whether I'm just uncultured in the ways of Western media, or mm. more uncultured than I thought, 
or whether this is specifically an Asian thing. Okay. And that is that they remake or sort of redo a story that's already been done, mm. but they'll sort of bolt a new chapter of the story onto the end of it. Okay. So Persona 5, I've brought up on this podcast before, that came out in 2017. In 2019, they did a PS4 remaster, so like the next generation of consoles. Right. They did a remaster specifically for next-gen hardware called Persona 5, uh, Persona 5 Royal. Mm-hmm. And it was the same game, except they like reworked one of the character's specific storylines so you can interact with him more. Okay. And when you finish the game, if you've met certain conditions... Mm-hmm. The game will, con- the story will continue going. Right. So the 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 sort of the final encounter mm-hmm. in Persona Five Royal is with a character who isn't even in the original Persona Five. Right. And he's sort of re- been integrated into the story before that. Okay. So the same story, but more of it. It's almost like a redraft. Yeah, it's else, weird. It? Yeah. It's like because it's not even as if, um, as far as I know, it's not even as if like, oh, this is the story we originally wanted to tell, and now that we're doing the remaster, let's just put in everything that we cut. Yeah, it feels like I don't know, just the way that that story's put together, it feels like they've looked at the completed Persona Five story and went, mm. right, where can we take this? The final boss was literally against a god that was symbolizing the submissiveness of hu- the submiss- submissiveness of humanity. Yes. What can we do next? Yeah, and they sort of jumped off from there. You know, what's the um that show on Netflix? That's an adaptation, or it's a film rather. That's an adaptation of a anime TV show. Um, Death Note. Death Note. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Aren't there like hundreds of iterations of that? Like there are three different TV shows of it. It's possible. And, like it's just endless. I mean, that that's, I, again, maybe an example of how un- uncultured we are. That puts me mm. more in mind of Dragon Ball Z, where there are, like, yeah. there are generations of that show. A bit like Pokemon, there's, like, generations of it. Mm. They carry a similar idea, and sometimes they're the same characters, mm-hmm. but each version of the... Like Batman, actually. Like, mm. each version of it is sort of its own isolated... Yeah. But this isn't. Like, this show is not... It's a supplement to the film, because it tells the same story mm-hmm. but it's also it also goes beyond the film it also has original content beyond that right so it's it's neither it neither stands on its own nor supplant sort of yeah supplants yeah. The, the the thing that it's adapting right so it's an interesting case i don't know how i feel about that whatever you would call it what would you call that technique where you you re-release mm. you remake a story but you add new bits onto the end of it uh let's call it creative protraction why not for now okay is that our because we've got a sam's lexicon yeah. set up for this episode no, so do we have two in this episode i don't want to nail that my, that color those colors to the mast because maybe i'll come up with something better than that okay so All just right. for now we'll call it cp okay cp creative yeah. protraction yeah okay yeah i don't know how i feel about creative protraction yeah. as an idea it's strange it feels like you're because it sort of renders the original material inert it can like, do. why would you play the original Persona 5 if Persona 5 Royal is a thing? You know? Okay, yeah, in, in a game sense, maybe. But I feel like with films, when they say featuring previously unseen footage, mm. it wasn't important then. No, well, that's different, because that's usually from the same production. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? It's yeah. usually... Um, yeah, okay, yeah. It's the director's cut. Yeah. It's stuff that we shot, and it was supposed to go in the original story, but it never made it into the final product. Okay. And now we're reintroducing it. Whereas this is material that was devised after the yeah it's sort of along the same continuum though right as in we're going to tell the same story we're now just going to add in chunks that either wouldn't have occurred to us before yeah or that we're now deciding to do yeah either way 
yeah, unless you're doing something wildly different with it, you are just elongating the, the thing that we... We already had the necessary elements yes. for Bad Genius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so unless you're really going to do something... Unless you're going to reinvent the wheel. But listen, I don't know how common this is to tie television production. No, I mean, this could be literally the only example, for all I know. It, it just be. so happens that I've encountered two major examples in fairly close proximity. Because that's the thing, we say Asian. I'm not sure how much of an analogue there is between... No. Japan, China, South Korea... And, yeah, Thailand. Thailand. And I mean, this is basically, I think, the first thing I've ever seen from Thailand. I don't know if I've seen anything else... Yeah, exactly. ...from there. So, uh... Okay, so what what's the extra stuff? Uh, so the story, like I said, the story of the film ends around episode nine, mm-hmm. and at the end of the film, so the climax of the film is the the team that has been assembled. They go to Australia to cheat on the STIC exams, which are exams that people take in order to be able to pl- apply to universities abroad. Right. The idea is that they're going to go to Australia because it's several hours ahead, time zone-wise, than Thailand. Mm-hmm. So they can do the exam, memorize the answers, send them back to Thailand so that people in Thailand can go into the exam with the correct answers before it's even started. Yeah. In the film, this, the heist is successfully pulled off, even though one of them gets caught. Mm-hmm. And after she sort of... The main character, Lin, after she has a conversation with her co-conspirator, Bank, mm-hmm. who was caught, he's saying, like... I want to do it again. I want to keep cheating because I was caught and they didn't send me to jail. Right. They just banned me from doing the exam. We could literally make millions of dollars okay. without any consequences whatsoever because they can't send us to jail for cheating on exams. Mm. And she's, I, she realizes two things. She realizes, A, oh, I've corrupted Bank. Right. Because Bank is like the moral, the most morally good character in that show. Ironic. And, I suppose, Yeah. yeah. Uh, like uh, the, he's um, he's dirt poor. He mm. works for a living. Ironic. Why is it ironic? His bank. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm always that, sus- I'm always suspicious with you. Is the problem? Especially well, it's going to get talk- racial. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about foreign cinema and foreign okay. you know, cultures and all that. Whenever yeah. you come up, whenever you say something, yeah. and you start giggling to yourself, it's like, oh no, <laughs> what am I going to have to answer for in thirty years now? Yeah. Um, oh well, at least you know that. that- Fear implies that we become people, so... I suppose, yeah. yeah. I don't know what's scarier, the fact that one day we'll have to answer for what you've said, or one day we won't. We'll never have to. Yeah. No one cares. Apathy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gone. Yeah, we say to an audience of two, two or however like many that. there is. Anyway, yeah, so Bank is... Um, he's dirt poor. <laughs> he... Stop it. He... Um, it finds out that they're cheating on exams and he's appalled by it. Mm-hmm. But because he's like incredible at memorization and he's as smart as Lynn is, they have to get him involved in the scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of lie and cheat to do it. Right. So Bank has been sort of pulled into these events against his will, but he's become the most corrupted by them. Yeah. So she's like, okay, we're in too deep. Mm-hmm. And also I think she sees this future... Does she bail him out? Oh, because money... Because he's bank. Because he's bank. Yeah. Oh, bank bailouts. Yeah. I'm just going to have to stop talking about the show at some point. I'll, I'll play. I just latched onto Again, the bank. Again, I bring back puns. I'm not allowed to do them. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're as clever, though, isn't it's, it? Well, it's not as clever as some of the stuff I've come up with. And you're isn't like, it? No. Isn't it? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. Get involved, audience, I suppose. Yeah. Which, do you think Yours are laboured. Yours yeah. are just, ugh. Yeah, because I had to come up with like 10 an episode. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to, did you? I did. We didn't. Uh, I did. I, ha- I had a moral obligation. To whom? To myself. Okay. <laughs> to come up with puns. All right, go on. I'll drop the back thing. Okay. All right. 
Um, and I, yeah, so the first thing is he was, she's corrupted this person who was seemingly incorruptible. And secondly, it's, oh, I see this future stretching out ahead of us where we're just going to be committing crimes forevermore. What is it, Sam? <laughs> what I'm is fine. wrong with you? <laughs> I'm fine. It's something that you've said. It's just, obviously, the audience won't know. After I made the bank bailout joke, yeah. I did a little run around the room. Yeah. And I just <laughs> can't a, get, a literal victory yeah, lap. I can't get out of my head, that's all. Okay. But go on. Rice. Okay. No, I'm going to give you a minute. Uh, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, honestly. I've had Chinese and hyperactive. Continue. Why are you zipping up your hood and, and like, hiding yourself? So you can't see my mouth. Right, are you, that, are you that confident that you won't be able to contain yourself going forward? No, I'll be all right. Yeah? Go on. Yeah. Okay, all right. I don't know. I've lost. I've completely lost the thread of what I was saying. Okay. It's all your fault, Sam. Right. Well, Bank, she corrupted him. Yeah. C- go from there. Right. Okay. She corrupted him and also yeah. she sees a life of herself cheating on exams and she's like, I can't do this anymore. Yes. So she goes to the exam invigilators and confesses everything. And that's how the film ends. It's her going into the room and beginning her confession. Okay. The show gets to the point where they're doing the STIC exams, Bank gets caught, all of that's the same. Mm-hmm. But Lynn ends up going back to Thailand. Mm-hmm. She meets up with her mother, because her mother's not alive in the film, but she is in the show. Right. And she's living in Australia. Because this is a problem with the show. They seem to... It felt like they felt like they needed to set everything up. Okay. Things where it didn't feel like they needed setting up. And I don't know whether that was just a factor of the extra time that they had. Probably. So, for example, during the STIC exam... On the final section, the final section, they, there's like, um, it's multiple choice, and then there's also an essay that they have to write. But by that point, they'll have all of the questions, they'll have all of the answers. Yeah. But there's going to be like another 40 minutes where they're not allowed to leave the room. Mm-hmm. So they have to find a way of getting out of the room early. Now in the film, Lynn is like, Lynn, Lynn says the bank, can you be sick? Mm-hmm. Just pretend to throw up or actually throw up, and then that way you can leave the room. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course I can. She's like, fine. In the show... There's like a, a whole episode where they make a big point out of the fact the bank throws up under pressure. Okay. Like so when it comes to the point where Lynn says to him, You can be sick, right? It's like, oh, they've paid they they set that up and mm. now it's paying off. It's like, well, I don't feel like you needed to set up yeah. that a character could potentially be sick. Unnecessary contextualization. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um so all of that has happened. Bank is he's now they've now gone back to Thailand. Lynn is going to go and study in Australia with her mother, because her mother moved out there to study, so mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Um, and then Bank kind of ropes, ropes her back in and says, look, I've basically been, um, I can't study abroad anymore because of the ESTIC exams. And because I was found to be cheating, I can't pursue my dream of being a doctor. Okay. So this is my life now, basically. Mm-hmm. The best I can hope to do is make millions of uh, bat, I think is the yep. Thai currency. Uh, millions and millions of bats cheating on exams for people. Mm-hmm. So you and I are going to steal... The exam, the like national tie exam, right? From the printing company that prints the exams, and we're going to distribute the answers all around the country for everybody, right? So the final heist of the show, they're breaking into a printing facility to steal government documents, okay? Right. Which is not the film, no. Like the film is there, yeah. The the crime is that they're cheating on exams, and even mm. though that comes with consequences, mm-hmm. and there's real money involved in everything. That the whole point of Banks' final speech in the film is what we're doing is not illegal. Mm-hmm. It might be frowned upon, but they can't send us to jail for it. Yeah. It's the perfect crime. Right. And in the show, he's like, oh, we're going to commit actual crimes now. Yeah. But that's... It's, it's difficult, though, because it's not... 
it and the film are two different beasts, aren't they? Certainly by that point, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like it kind of... you almost, almost, as weird as this sounds, as similar as they are, you almost can't compare the two. Because mm. it's not like the TV show owes a debt to the... Because it's a, it's a re-adaptation. It is. And the, it's, it's interesting that even though it follows pretty much the same structure, mm. it has all of the same music, mm-hmm. the characters share the same names. It's very clearly like, yeah. w- this. we are drawing a parallel. Mm-hmm. But there are moments where the show is directly changing things mm-hmm. that the film did. So, for example, during the STIC exam, the plan is they have phones mm. that they're going to hide in like the, um, the water tanks of the toilet so that when they, on their breaks, they can go to the toilet and they can type in the answers and send the texts. Okay. So that Grace and Pat, who are the two other people involved, they can print off barcodes and stick them on pencils that correspond to the answers. Mm-hmm. That's how they, the whole cheating thing is going down. In the show, mm. they go to the toilet with the exact same plan, but there are no water tanks on the toilet. Right. So that feels like the show was almost... Subverting. Subverting. Yeah. That's the word I was trying to think of. There's another one early on where in the one of the biggest heists they perform when they're in school, Lynn has like a piano code. Mm. So she's like, basically, watch my hands and I'm going to play four separate piano riffs and each riff corresponds to an answer. Okay. And in the film, that is the, the that's what happens. Mm-hmm. In the show, she's like, this is the piano code. Everybody learn it. And then somebody goes, how is this easier than just doing the exam? Yeah. So they have to come up with a new way because everyone's finding it too complicated. Right. Another instance of it subverting what the film was doing. So even though it's like... Yeah, almost correcting itself. Yeah, it's I weird. Can, I can see that being a thing that someone after the film said to the director or the writer. Yeah. You do realise like them learning this would have been as difficult as just revising yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's something like that in... Oh, no, we, we theorised, didn't we? That in Breaking Bad, uh, when Walter and Jesse steal the barrel of methylamine. Yes. And they're not rolling it. Yes. And then in a later episode, Hank is watching the CCTV and points that out. Yeah. It's like, okay, was that always designed? Yeah. Or, was, or did know, they realise, why didn't they just roll the barrel? Just roll barrel. Oh, let's put yeah. it in the show so it seems deliberate. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so that's happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the, the last three episodes, which are this additional heist that they're performing, Lynn is the main character of the film, right? She's She is the titular bad genius mm-hmm. because she's the one who decides to help her friend cheat. Mm-hmm. And then her friend Grace tells her boyfriend Pat, and he's like, I want to cheat. I'm going to get other people involved as well. And then that's when that's when it sort of steamrolls into being a sort of school-wide thing that ends up going national when they yeah. do the ESTIC exams. Mm-hmm. All sort of orchestrated by Lynn. She's either the one who decides to do these things, or she, um, when the circumstances are thrust upon her, like Pat saying, I'm going to cheat off you, basically... Mm-hmm. She's the one who devises all of the plans. Mm-hmm. Very much an agent of the film all the way through. Right. When episode 10 rolls around and we're doing this final heist, she ends up being sidelined for most of the story. Right. Like in the 11th episode, which is when the actual heist is being um, performed mm-hmm. and it's all going wrong because it's the final heist of a heist movie mm-hmm. um, or a heist story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lynn isn't even in that episode. She's just like off screen in a van. Okay. It's Bank that becomes the main character. Right. Which is strange because, like like I said, Lynn is the agent of everything that happens in that film. Pat and Grace are, like, the idiots who sort of get caught up in it as well. But, like, Grace is, like, Lynn's best friend. She's the first person who Lynn helps to cheat. Mm-hmm. And Pat is her boyfriend. He has the money, so he's able to pay for all of these, like, 
schemes that they need to help people cheat. Mm-hmm. But they're like the heart of it, I suppose. They're the, like the people that you're supposed to connect with. Right. And then Bank is sort of the cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. He is Lin. Um, but he, at the beginning of the story, he's better than Lin. Mm-hmm. And by the end, he's worse than Lin. Mm-hmm. And that is what causes Lin to snap out of uh, this, you know, she confesses so she can leave this world behind. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that they've made Bank the main character, effectively. That he's right. doing everything. He's doing the planning. He's stepping in when things are going wrong. Mm-hmm. He's, like, doing things behind their back. And, yeah, Lin is barely a part of it. It right. still ends with her going to the uh, exam invigilators and confessing everything. Okay. Which is another problem is that the show all the way through is adding all of these different details that basically end up getting us back to the same place anyway, mm-hmm. which is a problem, right? Because if you're adapting something, you don't want to just add more stuff to achieve what the film yeah. or what the previous source material already did. Because mm-hmm. what's the point? The film did it better. Yes. Like the film is less than two hours long. And it told most of what this 12-episode TV show did yeah. much better. That's another problem as well, is um, all of the new stuff that they've added is sort of orbiting around Pat and Grace, like their relationship. It's really fleshing out them as people. Because, mm-hmm. again, they're the heart of that story, so who they who you're supposed to connect with. But it's all very soap opera-y. Okay, right. Because the film, it's a crime thriller. Bad Genius is a crime thriller story, and it moves so rapidly, mm-hmm. and you get caught up in it. It's very plot heavy, and then in the in the show, like I think Grace cries basically every scene she's in. Right, like literally the final episode, the twelfth episode, after everything has gone wrong and they're sort of paying the price of what they've done. Mm-hmm. Every single scene, every character is crying. Okay, all the way through. Right, it's just frustrating. <laughs> so okay. frustrating. So yeah, I don't think I didn't like the show. No. That's clear. Okay, all right. Yeah. I love the film. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the show. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what the show was for. Money. I suppose, but... Isn't it the highest grossing Thai film of all time or something? Oh, well, it was the highest grossing of that year, definitely. Okay. I think it's pretty high up in the um, like the overall mm-hmm. statistics. Um, like I said before, it's baffling that there's no, that it's, there's no Western re- release. Mm-hmm. Not even a Western remake. Although I think there might be. Talks of it at the very least. Okay. I don't know if it's if it's actually in production. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't really. I I suppose other than the money, mm-hmm. like this this show didn't really need to exist. Yeah. I want to ask you ask you a question as well. How does the main cast of a TV show work? As in who? Okay. What do you what what what, what ask me? Because this being a TV show, yes. it has a main cast. Yes. Right. But who ends up in the main cast? Doesn't right. make sense to me. Okay. Lynn, Pat, Bank, Grace. That makes sense. They're the main four. Yeah. Lynn's mother, the uh, headmistress of the school that they're in, like Tong, who's a guy that is part of the cheating syndicate that Pat is in. Mm-hmm. And also there's this subplot where um, Grace helps somebody cheat on an exam and that ends up going wrong. Mm-hmm. But because she doesn't want to confess it to Lynn, she gets Tong to confess on her behalf. Right. But he says, I will only do it if you give me sexual favors. Right. So there's this like, like whole subplot going on. Like him being in the main cast, all of that stuff makes sense, right? Okay. There's a teacher in the first episode that is helping his students cheat by giving them the exam results. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what prompts Lynn to help Grace because it's like, oh, well, if the, teacher, if the teacher is going to cheat us first, let's cheat him back right. by me giving Grace the answers and eventually Pat. And 
Pat ends up getting that teacher fired mm-hmm. because he's worried that the teacher will tell them what tell the teacher what's going on even after Lynn has like threatened him mm-hmm. basically. He's only in that first episode. Right. But he's in the main cast. Okay. Then there's Music mm-hmm. who is like she is like the head of this um I don't know what you call it, like tutor network. Okay. She has all of these tutors that work under her that help people, but she sort of has a side business sending those tutors to do exams on people's behalf. Mm-hmm. So she's what sort of, in the film, Lynn just came up with these ideas on her own, but music is sort of her entryway into that world in the show. Mm-hmm. But she's literally in two scenes in the entire show. Okay. But she's in the main cast. Well, and how big is the main cast? And yet, oh, I think it's um, like 15 people, something right. like that. Okay. And yet... The invigilator of the Estic exams mm-hmm. and the foreman of the printing factory, both characters that are in multiple episodes and basically take on the role of main villain when they show up, mm. are not in the main cast. Well, it might work differently in Thailand mm. than it does elsewhere. I mean, in Britain, we don't really do main casts. Well, not something shows that we barely last long enough to have a main cast, do they? No, but I mean, you know, there's not even... There, there's no distinction between kind of recurring and main, mm. basically. Okay. It's it's mainly a thing in America, mm. and that runs the gamut from the same four people of the main cast, no matter who else you add into the story. Yeah, these are the four, um, and then there are shows like Game of Thrones where basically everyone was in the main cast. Yes, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, I think what it used to mean is money, mm. like how much the actors were paid for one thing. Yeah, so you know, being bumped up to main cast was a, you know a pay bump as well as the fact that there's probably a contractual thing about you have to appear in these n- amount of episodes mm. to qualify but yes that usually means and it's sometimes it's because the writers haven't figured out exactly how they want to use the characters in the season right so someone who's a main cast member might be killed off after three episodes okay and then there's another character who's in every episode that is inexplicably recurring. Yeah. And that would be because they just didn't know yeah. going into it that things were going to turn out that way. Okay. So there's no real rhyme or reason to main casts. Okay. I mean, the teacher that just turned up in the epi- in the first episode, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a Thai celebrity. It seems like the kind of person yeah, cast. Ca- yeah, that you makes know? sense. Yeah. So possibly that. I don't know. Okay. Because, yeah, that... that- that annoyed me after a certain amount of time. It's like, okay. this is just completely arbitrary. I don't understand It this. is arbitrary. I mean, there are very few shows. Breaking Bad is pretty much the only show that ever did it right. Okay. Like, everyone who should have been in the main cast was. Yeah. Well, there was only, like, seven characters over the course of those entire, that, that entire show. Yeah, right? like, it, maybe eight was kind of the maximum. Because, like, Todd and Lydia became main cast members toward the end. Mm. But, yeah, very few do it in a way that makes sense. Other than shows like Friends or Seinfeld, where, you know, it is just those six. Right, okay. Um, Yeah, so that's that frustrated me. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like I said, the fact... Like, little things like the fact that they needed to set up that Bank would throw up under Mm -hmm. pressure, which is something that they never bring up after the Estic exam. Right. Because he he doesn't even have to throw up because they they catch him before um, he has the opportunity to throw up and leave the exam early. So mm-hmm. that doesn't even come into play. Although, in fairness, I don't think it, in the, it did in the film either. But during the final heist, where they're, they've literally broken into a govern, government facility, every single facet of their plan has gone wrong. Mm. And Bank has to go into the facility himself to kind of 
help get things back on track. Mm-hmm. The most high-pressure situation that character has probably been in in his entire life mm. doesn't throw up once. Right. He doesn't even, like... Gag. Yeah. As far <laughs> as I remember, he didn't even look like he was going to throw up. He was right. just, like, sweating a lot. Which everyone in Bad Genius sweats all the time okay. for some reason. Well, it's tropical, isn't it? Is it? Thailand? Or subtropical, mainly. Okay. Not, not tropical. What's the word for it? Or maybe it is tropical. Yeah. Or sub... It's like jungle country. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe like just the places that they show in the show doesn't yeah. reflect... No, no, no. ...how tropical it is. Because that's another thing that was annoying. The film, the world felt incredibly lived in. Mm. It's sort of like Parasite. It's like, oh, these are real places. Mm-hmm. Ironically, because I think the street that they live in is like a set or something, right? The house. The all, houses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all like yeah, a yeah. set. But it's like, no, this is a real place. Yeah. That I'm sure exists. And the school in Bad Genius, like they do this thing where they have... Um, in the film, they have numbers printed on their shirts like you would in a prison. Because mm-hmm. that's like a something that they try and do. They like draw parallels between a school and a prison. Mm-hmm. It's exploiting its students, all that kind of stuff. And it's it looks like a school. Mm-hmm. Any school that's like being run down over the over the years and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whereas in the show, it's it has these like massive hyperbolically clean rooms that yeah. have no furnishings whatsoever. Not just in the school, but like in the exam rooms that they take. Some of the houses are like this as well. They're just like massive. Like these locations don't exist in mm. real life. These are just places that they thought, you know, it looks like places that they were able to film in. So I found that irritating. Mm-hmm. Although what I found funny was there's a scene when they first go to Australia, where it's like the scene where uh, Lynn and Bank is sort of, expressing that they actually kind of have feelings for each other. It's just before the aesthetic exam. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes on a like a poignancy later in the film when circumstances cause them to fly apart. You know, it's like, oh, finally they're confessing. But no, it's not okay like that. So they, they're they on this, like, they're in this very specific location, which is like this overlook that's like underneath a bridge where you can see Sydney Harbour and the Opera House. And it's this, I assume, like a, like a, like a known touristy, attraction in Australia mm-hmm. and then the film obviously the sun is shining and it's very picturesque and you know the characters look they look like they're enjoying themselves there in the show it's pissing down with rain okay and I'm assuming they went to film on location and just on that day in particular for some reason it was just yeah, raining luck was against them luck was against them yeah. so I thought that was kind of funny that like the film it was they looked as I sh- I'm sure they imagined it mm-hmm. and in the show it was like raining. Like it, wasn't, it wasn't even cinematic rain. It was like misty, like Pissy. picking rain. Yeah. So yeah, I found that funny. You obviously didn't. Well, what? No, I didn't. You didn't react. Oh well, it's not ha ha funny, is it? No, no. I just, <laughs> it's like a ha 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 ha. That's you know. Well, the I did, show, I did, I did circumstances say, worked against the show. I did say it's a metaphor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Carry on. All right. Okay. Uh, I think that's everything I've got, actually. Okay. Um, a lot of the heists that they carry out fail. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do in the film. I think, like, half of them do in the film, maybe. But they always lead to, like, bigger things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always like, right, lessons learned, let's do it properly next time. Whereas in the film, uh, in the show, like, every single heist that they do fails. Right. So it just comes, like, it comes across as the characters just being completely naive. Inept. That they're like, inept, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But yeah, just like, oh, this time we'll learn from our mistakes. And it ends up going worse than the last time they tried to cheat. Right. Um, they're probably, they're trying to do like the dominoes thing, aren't they? I suppose. But it does, it just comes across as depressing at the end when, like, <laughs> when the characters have been caught by the police, because obviously they've committed actual crimes mm-hmm. now. So they've been caught by the police and, like, one of them goes to prison and, like, Grace and Pat are, are forced 
apart so they're not able to see each other anymore mm. and like they're paying the type it's the hefty toll that a character would pay at the end of like god uh goodfellas right or god like a crime mafia movie right it's like i've had a lifetime of luxury mm-hmm. and uh getting away with it and now my time is finally up mm-hmm. but they never got to reap the benefits of anything they were doing because every time they like tried to pull something off it always went wrong mm. So they never even had that life of luxury they're now being deprived of. Yeah. So it just comes across as like, oh, God, this is just, you know, I know. Yeah, like, you got nothing out of this. Yeah, I, I know, like, oh, crime doesn't pay. Mm. But. Well, it, it has to for a bit, though. Yeah, it has yeah. to for a bit. So that yeah. when it eventually doesn't pay, yes. it feels all the more weighty. It does, though, doesn't it? Crime does pay. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, ultimately, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah it does. Yeah. Not c- getting caught doesn't pay. No. The crime Quite, itself pays yeah. quite lucratively. Quite a lot, yeah. 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 All right. So uh, you wouldn't recommend? I wouldn't recommend no. the show. Um, is there going to be a second season? It ends pretty conclusively. Okay. Like you say that. It, it's. I suppose it's open ended enough in the sense that like all of the characters could come back to do more. Mm. But I think it literally ends with Lynn going to visit Bank. Spoiler alert. Mm. It literally ends with. I mean, like this. These aren't spoilers for the film. Mm-hmm. Go watch the film instead. Don't watch the show. Mm-hmm. But it ends with Lynn going to visit Bank in prison and she's like, I'm going to I have one final plan that I want everybody to be involved in. I'm gonna go I'm gonna get a job at the Ministry of Education and initiate system wide reform. I need you <sighs> Bank, I need you to become the Prime Minister of the country. Right. <laughs> so it's like that's the that's where the show is leaving these characters. Okay. So I suppose season two you could do them. Climbing the ladder. Climbing the ladder. But in terms of the story, Bad Genius, there's no more mileage left in it, in the show universe. I mean, they've run out by the end of it, by the sounds of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's just, that's a bit kind of illogical conclusion, sort of. Yeah, the, the absurd nay plus ultra, what, what's called reductio ad absurdum. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's about cheating and tests and education. Yeah. Right. And it's about this kind of devious cheat. Yeah. Uh, who's kind of, you know... Like, the system was cheating her all along, so she yeah, yeah. decided to she, cheat back. She's but, gaming the system. Yeah. And the, what's the ultimate way to game the system? To, like, control it or not? Yeah. It's just like, right. But it's not that. It's not like, oh, I'm going to control the system. Yeah. It's, I'm going to change the system. Yeah, yeah, change I'm going to drive the cheaters Yeah, out. yeah. You need to be the person who can, can yeah, change yeah. it, control it from within sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, m- maybe they'll just do another... The next season will be all of that, Plus three episodes. <laughs> Plus another three yeah. episodes at the end. Maybe yeah. that's the way they're going to do it. Yeah, they, like they end up breaking bank out of prison. Yeah. And it just becomes like a straight up, like the cheating exam thing is completely gone. Yeah. They're just performing crimes now. And maybe if you slice off the, the last three episodes of every season, mm. they they steadily build to a half-decent sequel film. <laughs> maybe, you yeah. Know? Yeah. But, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, it just sounds all altogether bizarre to me. Yeah. Its entire existence. Yeah, it's a bit of a puzzler. Yeah. Maybe this is not uncommon in not Maybe. just Thai media, but Asian media mm. in general. Um, but yeah, for someone who's sort of on the fringes of that, this is just, yeah, a hell of a puzzler. Do you know what? I guess our equivalent would be the Disney live-action remakes of their animated films, but they, they, they're writing one song for it, one new song for it, so that it gets to be considered for um They do the do that, though, don't they? What? They do typically write one new song. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So yeah. That, that would be our Western equivalent. Oh, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, no, the reason they write it, yes, I'm sure it doesn't hurt that, oh, it's eligible for original song of the Academy yeah, yeah. Awards now. But they write it because it's usually, that new original song usually goes to the love interest, doesn't it? Mm. And it's always usually a, oh, I'm actually empowered 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, but like the whole reason this trend started was because you can't submit existing songs to the Oscars. Yeah, you have to submit uh, newly, yeah, written songs. Yes. So you, like Cats has a new one, and they all have. A new yeah, one. yeah. If you go, yeah, okay, yeah. If you go beyond Disney, yes, yeah, I suppose. But yeah, that tends to be the thing now. Oh, if we can sl- slide in one extra song, yeah. let's make it a female empowerment song. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, so no to Bad Genius. No TV to the series. Bad Genius series. You viewed about this Taylor Swift thing. Oh, you've told me. Yes. Um, tell me again, Sam. I'll tell you again. Tell everyone. I'll tell everyone. I'm sure people have heard. It's kind of a minor story, really. It's more just what it did for me. So there's a show on Netflix called Ginny and George. I haven't watched it because the reviews have been terrible. Hmm. And it's a show about a mother and her daughter. As far as I understand, it's kind of like a pound shop Gilmore Girls. Right. Uh, mixed with Desperate Housewives sort of thing. Uh, and there's a line in one episode. I'm not sure who says it but it's you date more men than Taylor Swift. It's a one-off, throwaway, okay. disposable line mm. of no import, really. You yeah. Know? Everyone gets it. Everyone knows what it means. No one's confused by it. No. It's a kind of almost universally understandable which is joke. Which is the, the, the point of the pun, right? Yeah, like it has to be someone where that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Taylor Swift saw this mm. and took to Twitter and said something along the lines of, uh, why don't we stop degrading hardworking women, uh, which is very immodest of her. Yeah, blue-collar worker blue Taylor collar, Swift. Yeah, uh, yeah degrading hardworking women, especially after you made Miss Americana, which was her documentary. Right. This is a bad look on you, Netflix. Like, fuck <laughs> you, basically. I just yeah. think... Right, so that's off the table now. Those sorts of jokes are yeah. off the table. What's left, George? <laughs> I'd like to genuinely know what's left. That feels a bit... Um, there's like a sinister undertone to that, isn't it? Like, especially since you made my documentary, Netflix. Oh, like, yeah. I basically yeah, owe yeah, yeah. you because we've worked together now. It's... Yeah, kind of. I, I'm well, not- like, you should... Um, since we're on speaking terms, you mm. should, like, listen to what I have to say. Well, what it's doing, it's inciting social pressure to make them woke. Because she's saying, right, you produced my documentary, and yeah. I'm enlightened, yeah. and you produced this dross, which is retrograde. Yeah. You're contradicting yourself, is what she's saying. Mm. Um, so do you want to be on the right side of history yeah. with me, or do you want to be with Ginny and Georgia? Yeah. Uh, that's what that is, you know? And so it's it's to get all the fans um, threatening to boycott Netflix or something like that. Right, okay. That's what it is. I mean, it's all marketing at the end of the Well, day. I can tell you fans, like, I think, I don't know if we directly threatened to boycott Netflix, but we were like, <laughs> after they're getting rid of, like, episodes of Scrubs and episodes yeah. of Community for Blackface, like, I don't want to watch this on Netflix mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. They didn't listen to us. They didn't. So boycotting Netflix... Does nothing. Does nothing. It does nothing. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel that is me. Okay. My back. Uh... Because, you know, we've talked about some murky topics mm. on this podcast. No pun intended. Um, you know, and I mean, we, we can uh, kind of pull the curtain back on all this. In the very early days of the podcast, I, I can't remember in what context it was even brought up. But I, in a way, said mm. the N-word. I think it was um, the... Guy from Netflix. Right, okay, so that guy, I won't say it now, just so it can all, you know, yeah, well, yeah. we kept it in anyway, but uh, yeah, the, there was this guy at Netflix that they, they were having a meeting about what terms were and weren't acceptable. Mm. He said, this word isn't acceptable, and just using it in that context was enough to get him sacked, because yeah. context doesn't matter to ideologues. No, no. 
and we were kind of umming and ahhing about whether to keep it in. Mm. And we asked a bunch of our friends and the general consensus was, yeah, we get it. But just using the word in any context, it's just too much of a risk. Don't yeah. even bother opening yourself up to it. Yeah, yeah. My father said that. Yeah, everyone said that. Yeah. Oh, fine. Begrudgingly, we got rid of it. And then as time went on, I started to get a little bit more like, you know, if I'm using, it sounds like I'm using it every episode. I really want to like say <laughs> the word. It's come up like maybe three or four times, right? Yes. And by the fourth time, it was just, well, A, who listens anyway? Yeah. <laughs> but B, we're, we're pussying out, frankly, mm. if, if we just keep doing this. Well, it feels like it's appealing. We're trying to appease an audience we don't even have yet. But for, yeah, but even if we had the audience, it's like... Yeah, it wouldn't be the type of audience, I think, that would listen to our podcast anyway. Probably At least not. not. That we think of. No, probably not. Think. But it's like, why compromise that when we're doing nothing wrong? Yeah. We're actually doing nothing wrong. Yeah, and yeah. so I think we kept the last use of the t- word. Yeah, the, yeah, the last one stayed in. Because yes. I think you'd had... It wasn't because of Taylor yeah, Swift, yeah. but you sort of had a similar epiphany. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah. If context, we, we keep saying context matters. And mm. in this context, yeah. it's I'm not using it in an offensive context. Yeah. So why am I right. censoring myself? It reminds me a little bit of, um, I used to watch a lot of Game Grumps, like Let's Play Channel Game Grumps on YouTube. I just don't anymore. Mm-hmm. It's because it's I'm, it's sort of depressing <laughs> to see like how, I mean, it was never. Are they affected, are they? Yeah. It was never like peak comedy. It was always like stupid, yeah. like YouTubers comedy. Background easy just yeah. with your mate comedy. Yeah, and they would like they would play video games and like they would riff. Sometimes it was just like funny stuff happening. There's an episode where they play Wheel of Fortune and literally every turn they're either going bankrupt or they're losing the turn. Okay. So their increasing frustration is obviously the source of humor in that episode. Yeah. But they've like they've riffed um been riffing on like games in the past. Mm. There was like a bit that they did a while ago um called Sad Hoshi. Right. I don't know what how it started, but they basically started coming up with this like Sad Japanese band. I've heard of this, I think. Sad Hoshi? Yeah, weirdly, I think I have. Oh, okay. Maybe I, it's through you, I don't know, but I've heard of Sad Hoshi. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sad Hoshi is like this really depressed Japanese man, and yeah. they were getting really upset at how depressed this guy was. <laughs> and they um, they were like, oh, how can we... What's the one thing in the world that Sad Hoshi likes? And he was like, we could give him a porno mag. Right. And that, like, rolled into it being, like, underaged girls. Ah, right, okay. And it was like, that was like, you know, their... And it was like one of their most famous bits. Yeah. And it wasn't done distastefully. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, the type of humor that they were like doing on the channel at the mm. time. It wasn't like out of place. It's just snowballing. Yeah, it's just on yeah, this exactly. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've done like um <laughs> it was like a like an like an episode where they were playing Dog Island, I think. Okay. Um oh, it's like this open world game, but it's full of dogs okay. or something. I love dogs. I love dogs yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And there was like a character wearing like a like a beanie. Right. So they started doing like Chinese voices. Just like typical, like stupid, like dumb, dumb, dumb yeah. bantery humor. And they've just been like over the, like over the past couple of years, like they've been, obviously the type of racial humor they've been doing has been going down. Mm-hmm. They've been swearing less. Mm-hmm. They've been getting rid of episodes with, which has content that they've now called problematic. Oh, like, I think sad Hoshi's one of the things they got rid of. That word, man. Yeah. That fucking word. It's a horrible word, isn't it? Especially in that context. It's a, but that's, it's only used in that context now. Yeah. So when, it, so when it's not, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. When I hear people using it in its genuine context, mm. oh, that word's ruined now. Yeah. You know? But Yeah, problematic. Yeah. Um, there's a few. Go on. The thing that I'm building to is Aaron Hansen, who's the 
um, he's the main guy who he's sort of the CEO that runs mm-hmm. uh, Game Grumps. He said, that, I can't remember specifically which episode this was. I don't remember if it was an episode or a live stream. Oh, no, I think it was in a Monopoly episode. I don't mm. know which one, though. But he basically said that what he's trying to do personally mm-hmm. is he is trying to modify his language so he's not saying words that he thinks may one day become offensive. Right. So the example he gave was the word crazy. He says, I try not to say the word crazy anymore because I'm worried that one day that'll be considered an offensive term right. and I don't want people to think that I'm being intolerant. Well, that's a, that's a way to stay sane. <laughs> But that's Friend like the minority report the public decency of uh, you know standards of the future. Yeah, yeah. But that's sort of the ultimate. Um, talking about Ne Plus Ultra and yeah. whatever the term you said earlier. Reductio ad absurdum. Yeah, yeah. Talking about that, mm-hmm. the fact that like, oh, I can't say anything that may one day become offensive. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, sort of pinnacle, isn't it? If you've ever said anything vaguely, <laughs> I don't know, prodding fun or light-hearted or otherwise against the Chinese, that's going to date badly. Oh, yeah. That, that would be my prediction. Yeah. You know, we'll all be under that jackboot. <laughs> that, but yeah, like... That little clog. Yeah, like you saying that... Um, it's like, oh, yeah, context matters, but we best not, you know, release mm. the episode with the word in it because it might... You know, yeah, right. It's like, well, it's why? Like, no, fuck you sort of thing. Yeah. Well, what's that... Um, I showed you... I showed you Office Space, right? The film. Yeah. 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 You know that character Bill something? Um, oh, it's the in the first scene, isn't it? What now? Are you talking about when he's listening to rap on the radio? No. Oh, okay. What are you? Oh, what about? were you talking about? Well, there's that scene where he's in traffic, isn't he? And he's listening to rap, and he's yeah. getting really into it. And yeah. then a black guy drives up next to him. Right. And he turns it down. Yes. Because he doesn't want to be seen as like <laughs> taking like the cultural piss. appropriating. Yeah, or something like exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I meant um, there's that character Bill something. I can't remember his surname. The Gary uh, Cole character, the one that sort of. He's become the poster boy for micromanaging. Yeah. The one that always walks up and I'm going to need you to uh, yes. go ahead and do that. And we'll be... That is what problematic... It has that same effect on me that he would to his employees. Right, okay. It's that... It's not like, fuck you, man, that's racist. That's just kind of funny at some level. <laughs> it, it's that kind of, yeah, I can't know better than you. And I'm just going to need you to go ahead and correct yourself it's there. The, the, it's the condescension. It's the condescension. Yeah. Yeah. That problematic. Uh, it's... Mm, mm, can we just um, to yeah. get a bit problematic? Oh. I, 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 I've disguised it in this diplomatic language for oh. you. The least you could do is comply. You know? Oh, yes. Oh, just <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this Taylor Swift thing, just like how innocuous that joke was, it was the final, oh, I'm done now. Yeah. No more self-censorship. No more hedging. Well, because, it, as you say, it's such a nothing gag. It's, it's such so a, nothing. It's such a safe gag. It's such... Yeah, I mean... So, okay, forget about the ethical or moral dimensions of it just as a gag yeah. right? you want to write a gag where the punchline is you know you've dated more men than X so you need someone who everyone would recognise mm. where it would make sense yeah is Taylor Swift not the perfect yes. I'm not saying it's a funny joke it's, it, that's the thing it's not even a joke it's just a throwaway nothing line well it's 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 an American joke isn't it where it's just it's yeah. a reference to something right that everybody knows yeah and I asked you, asked a couple of people, is there a more appropriate example yeah. to put in that, to fill that X? Mm. All of her songs are about being in love with boys yeah. and then breaking up with boys and she's never ever going to get back together with boys. Yeah. All of her songs. And like I, you know, Who Celebrities Date is a echelon of life I just have no awareness of. Mm. So I Googled who was Taylor Swift dated. It's like a fuck, it's like the Magna Carta. <laughs> 
It's the massive list. Yeah. Has she not earned that? Because it's not even like demeaning her. God, you fuck more guys. It's dated. It's even innocent. Yeah, it's, it's the innocent. most innocent way yeah. of saying that. Yeah. And I just feel <laughs> it's so nothing. It's so nothing. And you could say there's a, a difference between men and women in this respect. But if I was the t- the the final pronoun of that joke, I'd be sitting back going, yeah, damn right. <laughs> God, you dated more girls than Sam Reese. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, but that's, you know, no, it know. carries a different context yeah, with sure, men. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Men, men are playboys and women are whores. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't care. If you fuck around, you're a whore whether you're a man or a woman. Okay. Equal opportunity realist here. Yeah. Uh, no, so that was it. Okay. And it's that fused with... Uh, so I used to co-run a company called Script Dog. Mm. I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast. Briefly, yeah. Um, with James Humphreys. Another mention. Yeah. Two weeks ago. God, James, you're... Uh, <laughs> You're, you're making bank off this podcast, yeah. aren't you? And after we started, well, okay, James started Script Dog and then I joined. But after that sprang up, it seemed like everyone and their mother in Cardiff were starting their own little theater. Mm. I'm not saying they were inspired by us, but no, it, Script Dog was sort of the first, okay. not, not first theater company, but first like students or recent graduates mm. doing like fringe scratch night sort yeah. of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone was doing it. Mm. And it feels like since we've started doing a podcast, I'm seeing every fucker doing a podcast. (laughs) Appearing on other people's podcasts or starting their own. I mean... And we hardly invented podcasts. We did not, no. We are very late to the game. And we are not claiming any kind of uh, special place in it. No. But come on, guys. (laughs) Come on now. Well, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that we started the podcast in October 2019. Yeah. Pandemic started a couple of months after that. Yeah. Yeah. So we were ahead of the curve. We were ahead of the curve. Get your own lockdown activity. Yeah, exactly. Don't steal ours. Yeah. Um, So that, Taylor Swift, and self styled influencers. Okay. So I'm friends with a few people on Instagram, people I know, but Mm. not very well. Yeah. People I went to school with or whatever, but clearly are angling for that role. Right. Of, I endorse this product. Oh, okay. It's International Women's Day, and I'm going to share stories of all the successful women I know that run their own businesses. Yeah. Now, I have no problem with that in and of itself. I mean, International Women's Day is just a bit annoying, right? <laughs> that was that was funny, though. I've seen a couple of posts like that. It's like, um, I challenge the yeah. the fact that women can't get... Uh, the, the fact that women are usually overlooked for success in, you know, mm. for prestigious careers. Here are all the women I know that have prestigious careers. It's almost like you're um, taunting I know. people who don't have successful careers. Well, like, women, stand up. Here's the women that I know that have already made it. Yeah. Well, uh, what? so uh, there's no way she's going to listen anyway, but th- one of the people, one of these self-styled influencers, uh, include the stat like 78% of people who lost their jobs over the course of lockdown have been women. Okay. And the, I, uh, this boggles the mind. What is your first, I don't know. I don't even know if that's true, but let's assume it is. Okay. What's your first instinct about why that might be true? Um, that a lot of women work in jobs that, you yeah. know, were Aren't key. up for the chop. Yeah. yeah. People who, who had to, truckers, hauliers, bin men, yeah. are men. Yes. That's it, right? People who work in bars and yeah. hairdressers and... Yeah. Yeah. And shops. And shops. And women, yeah. Mostly. Yes. So that's what that is, right? Mm. There's no systemic... 
uh, no, prejudice. No, I guess. Like, okay, oh, if we're going to sack people, all we better women, sack all right, the women. There's yeah. been a pandemic. All the women in this building, you're all fired. So fucking stupid. Yeah. So stupid. I've lost two jobs during this pandemic. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, oh, I've lost jobs, therefore your statistic is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about, like, oh, you know, like, women are being left behind. Because that's what this is all about. It's like, our oh, women aren't... We're not... The focus is not on women and the struggles they're facing. Mm-hmm. And, like, by saying, like, 78% of women have lost their jobs during the pandemic, rather than saying, oh, 100,000 people have lost their jobs during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It does kind of, like, oh, we're not... It doesn't matter about the guys who've lost their jobs. Of course, yeah. Of course. Like, that's not the important thing. <sighs> well, I know you wanted to talk about it. We won't quite get there yet, but there were, recently was the interview with Meghan and Harry, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the, you know, she claimed that she was suicidal, and I've got no reason not to believe her. Mm. And, you know, so all the things online have been women saying, oh, she's so, the courage she displayed. For People s- bringing up Caroline Flack as well. Right, yeah, like how brave and all, yeah. the, all this sort of thing. You know, kind of a definite feminist streak through all of this. And then on ITV last night, I saw an advert for holidays to Saudi Arabia. Oh, right. Okay. It was advertising, come to Saudi Arabia where we execute gay people. <laughs> well, that was in the ad. It wasn't quite in the ad. It was subtext, you know? Right, okay. There was, uh, it, it was kind of almost, uh, what do you call it? Uh, subliminal imagery. Yeah. So, so, basically, they, it was Female all- Female drivers pissing you off? It was to Saudi Arabia. It was, it was all sorts of pyramids and vistas and like Arab kids running in the desert. And then there was right. a flash of just a shadow of a headless corpse. <laughs> Um, no, but I just thought, right. I mean, I know they're our ally because we need the oil on that. Yeah. But it just seemed like I've I've seen nothing on Twitter about that. No, like, direct your anger towards the places that need it the most. Yeah, you know what I mean. Let's not spend, waste our time saying how brave a princess is. That's the problem, though, isn't it? You can't just you can't uh, criticize those places because they are um, brown. They are yeah. They they are filled with minorities. Yeah. Not within their own, not, not within, the country, not yeah, within their own yeah. country, but yes. within, within the context of our country, they're yeah. filled with minorities. And who are we to impose on the ways of their sure. culture and their religion or whatever it is that governs them to mm-hmm. kill the gays and, and uh, oppress the women? Mm-hmm. Stupid, stupid, yeah. stupid thinking. Mm. So, I actually came up with this possibility a while ago. I don't know how how practical the implementation is, but. This is this all has crystallized it for me. Okay. I'm calling it uh Project 2000. Okay. And it's basically returning to the way we were in the year 2000 at the turn of the millennium. Right. So obviously like we can't go back to dial up. That's just impossible, right? Yeah. We can't do that. There are concessions that are required. Mm. I don't expect people to ditch their smartphones. Um I just think this is, this is my idea for it, right? my conception of it. Okay. Just use the apps or, or the features, not the apps, the features that would have been present back then. Mm. So you can use your phone to text or call people or play Snake, <laughs> but nothing else. Okay. Because uh, I think we've talked about this before. That era was the sweet spot in loads of different ways. Yeah. And I wish we were this age then. Yeah. Race was kind of sorted. Mm. You know, not mm. totally, obviously, but in the Western world, um, you could have uh, an action movie starring a black guy and an Asian guy, and they made jokes about their race yeah. and each other, and and you didn't blink an eye, and didn't. Blink no an one eye. thought anything yeah. about it. Uh, now, I imagine this will be a project of one. I don't imagine <laughs> it's catching <laughs> on, but and obviously, it's not going to change the state of society. 
But if I'm doing it, mm. at least I don't have to be fucking curing the shit okay. all the fucking time. It does mean that you won't have films like The Social Network and Parasite anymore because they, they came out after 2000s. Oh, no, it's not like ignoring all of the history that... I'm not saying like... What the Twin Towers still in New York, right? I'm <laughs> right. not. I'm not going mad. Yeah, I'm like technologically living. Okay, in that era because I think things are just better then. Okay, and you know, books, not blogs, DVDs, no streaming, no YouTube. Okay, I mean, it feels like these things are. It's like we can't escape them now. But I remember a time before YouTube, and it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> like I was really bored mm. I was content yeah. do you know what I mean yeah yeah uh, maybe it's impossible I don't know maybe it's too contrived maybe it's like a, a Freudian thing of like a pathological yearning for the womb or something like that <laughs> um, but like totalizing nostalgia just like clawing but, at the ground I need to get back to the 2000s yeah please let me in but it's just something I want to try I just think like Eddie and I now only email each other we don't use any apps <laughs> genuinely okay alright uh, you know I just think it's I just think it would be better. It'd all be better if yeah. we all behaved like that. But it's not going to happen, is it? It's probably not. But I'd like, to, I'd like to give it a go, though. Well, let me know how it goes. I will I'll let you know. Okay. I mean, can we do the podcast? That's a question. Well, no, because they are... <laughs> when the, pod, the podcasts were not a 2000s thing, were they? 2005, something like that. Oh, re- oh, we yeah, are yeah. really late to the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Really late to the game. I mean, like, Ricky Gervais was sort of the pioneer of podcasts. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he, was, and he was doing it on radio, wasn't he? But... Yeah, then they started doing podcasts. Oh, right, okay, I see. Yeah, okay. instead of the radio show. And that okay. was kind of like the the burgeoning of that. Okay. I've got a question for you. Okay. If the best motion capture slash physical performer in the world was black... Right. Would you ask them to be in a Planet of the Apes movie? <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing to me this episode, <laughs> I just, it, it struck me the other day. I was like, what if Andy Serkis... Talking about murky subjects. Like, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like last episode, like we were just talking about TV. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, what's this? I'll watch that. Now it's yeah. like, this is about race. This is about <laughs> gender. This is about, you know... Mate, I'd love to live in a world where these weren't considerations. Yeah. Um... But no, it's of vital social importance that you tell me, would you cast a black actor in a Planet of the Apes film? Because I think in Tim Burton's 2001 Planet of the Apes... Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan's in yeah. it as a gorilla or something. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the, like... Main, he's like a guard. He's so, the main one, the main gorilla general. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the main kind of sidekick, yeah? To, to, yeah, but Tim I think, Roth is the bad guy, isn't he? He's Tim Roth is yeah. the bad guy, but I think Michael Clark Duncan is high up in the ape military. He's his lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah. The gorilla military. The, oh, well. the gorilla tree. The gorilla tree. The gorilla tree. That's kind of a pun. Um, what's the orangutan in the Andy Circus Planet of the Ape? Maurice. Maurice. Kind of like his Maurice, is he? I'm not entirely sure. Like his capo. His capo. I mean, it's his weird apo. because... That's the thing. They're, well, not in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, but in Rise and in War, they mm. have uh, sort of a gorilla as part of their units. Yes. Who always dies. The gorillas always die in Planet of the Apes. Well, he's it, it, a turncoat, isn't he, in the... Um in the third no, one. in Rise of the Planet Apes, you've got, I think he's called Buck, which is that gorilla who's living in the cage uh, in the yeah, facility. That's just a prick. He's a prick, yeah. but he's, Caesar gains his respect. So he yeah, sort of becomes yeah, yeah. Caesar's main bodyguard. That's right. And he get, he kills the main uh, bad guy. Yeah, in the that's helicopter. right. That's right. And then, yeah, you've got the turncoat ape, Winter, I think he's called. In the third one. In the third yeah. one. But there's also 
Rocco or something. He's like the uh, the gorilla that's traveling with them who gets killed before they get to the prison camp. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dawn, I don't think, has a main... I, I think, yeah, the gorillas are barely in Dawn. Yeah. Which is like my one, like, weird gripe. <laughs> so not enough gorillas. Yeah. Like, you've got Cobra, you've got the human characters, you've mm. got that tension between all of the different parties. Mm. It's not as if that film is worse off no. for not having gorillas in it. No. And it's, it's got Kerry Russell in it as well. It's got Kerry Russell yeah. in it yeah. as well, yeah. I just think it's, 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 it's nicer if you had, like, we've got the main apes, we've got the main orangutan, we've got the, a main gorilla, but not in Dawn. No. They don't have them in Dawn. No. Yeah, like, Maurice is even a fighter. He seems like his consigliere. Yeah, right he now. is. Yeah, yeah he's, he's his advisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, Caesar comes up to him and is like, am I doing the right thing? And Maurice is like, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah, whatever. You're Moses, right? You're yeah, Moses. yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so back... To, yeah, I was just thinking, if Andy Serkis happened to be black, mm. the greatest mocap and actor we use, in the world... And we're using Andy Serkis because he's the most iconic yeah. mocap actor in the world. Like he's the probably, best, right? Probably. I mean, there might be like unsung heroes of the industry. Maybe. I mean, like Terry Notary not- obviously is one, is, I think, plays Maurice. Yeah. And as in, there's a film called The Square, which is like a, a Scandinavian film from 2014. Yeah. It's like an artsy film, but there's a scene where you have all these bougie, this massive uh, dinner hall and mm. all these men in tuxedos and the ladies having dinner. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of like a performance artist mm. and he just walks in pr- uh, pl- pretending to be an ape. Yeah. It's just him with like shirtless. Mm. But he's going up to all the rich people and just causing a scene. And it's like... Very, Homer. What? It sounded a bit like Martin Simpson. Homer. Yeah. yeah. Homer. I was being an ape. <laughs> there was something about it that reminded me of Martin okay. Simpson. <laughs> all right. Mm. <laughs> Homie. Yeah, and he just kind of fucks up the party, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's great. But like Mank. Yeah, a bit like Mank. Yeah, except yeah. he wasn't acting. Except like it was... No, it wasn't all dialogue. Like it was pure physical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly like a tit. Uh, like a mank. Like a manker. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So if Andy Serkis was black, yes. would you ask him to be Caesar or any other one? Here's the thing. Obviously, mm. I would. Would you? I would. Because mm. I would go, well, he's obviously the best character. He's obviously the best person for the job. Yeah. Why would we not hire him? Mm-hmm. I know that there's this... I don't know where it came from. I, I know there's this weird connotations with, like, you know, uh, black people, gorillas. I don't know. Well, it's obvious where it comes from. Not to not to be... No, no, no. Okay, yeah. 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 I, what I mean by that is I don't know why it's so... It's still considered, like, a problem. What? Comparing in, a black person to an ape? Well, in the sense that... Um, <laughs> Get you, over it. <laughs> no, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> what I meant was you've got uh, Sing, right? Which is the animated film that came out in 2016, mm. in which... There is a gorilla yeah. in the film whose father is in jail. Mm. And that got a lot of backlash because mm. people are saying like, oh, the gorilla's in jail. Are you like making a thing about black people? And it's like very obviously not. Because I think the father's played by Peter Serafinowicz. And the kid's Taron Egerton. And the kid's Taron yeah. Egerton. Not black people. No. Not even remotely. And like, I think the, like, the father who is in prison, he's a criminal. But he's like, they're trying to do like a mafia thing. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, I want you to inherit the family business. Yeah. Which is not, uh, like, black street gangs don't have those conversations. Well, they don't have families. Well, okay, I was trying to be a bit <laughs> well, no, they sensitive they, about they it. They don't have fathers. Let right, me, okay. Let me, let me uh, clear that up. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Although he is in jail, so... He is in jail. Yeah, but there's, there's no... That, like, there's that overlap. Yeah, there's no, like, I'm gonna... I, I want my kid to No, it's, it's not about honour, and you're part of the family. Yeah. No, it's that, all that's just a like, very... man, that... That that I'm, I almost said it. 
that blah blah dissed you let's go gat his yeah. crew or whatever fam yeah it's not organised <laughs> crime in the same way that like the mafia no it's is very disorganised yes it's exactly literally drive by where yes yeah. whereas um, I want you to inherit the family business is, is more an organised crime thing yes um, so yeah I, I, there's absolutely no as far as I can tell there's no like parallel that they're drawing between black people no. and these characters of course not so if it's that, if there's that amount of sensitivity around it still, that's what I mean is I don't understand the sensitivity around it still. That there mm. could be this, this gorilla is in prison and that's it. There's no subtext mm. or anything, but people still draw the parallel. Well, like, that's just obviously people, still a problem. That's right? people looking for a problem though, isn't it? Okay. I mean, it, it probably remains so sensitive because, well, everything, everyone's sensitive about everything now, mm. but it's like the easiest slur. Other than the actual N-word. Right. If you want to offend a black person, but it's like what are you going to call them? The the, 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 the stereotype is they're like watermelons, isn't there? Not yeah. bananas. <laughs> yeah, but it's just... They're just two distinct stereotypes. Right. It's not... Okay. There's no, like... <laughs> there's no consist. There's no logical consistency with all of the stereotypes of black people. Okay. As far as I know, gorillas don't like chicken. Well, there should be. If you're going to be racist, <laughs> like... Get Be it right. consistent. Yeah. Make sure the law of your racism is consistent. Yes. You know? So that, yeah, that's why it's because it's the go-to. Okay. Every kid even knows that. You know? Right. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, I would as well. I'd want to. What, yeah. would, what would be your defense to the inevitable? <gasps> yeah, the backlash from people. Um, well, I mean, the one of the go-to ones would be surely it's just as racist to not put him in the film because we're yeah. saying that we recognise... Yeah, you're the one saying that I'm making a connection. Yeah. I'm not. By putting him in the film, I have plausible deniability on the matter. <laughs> we wouldn't say that to them. No, no, no. What, what I mean by that is that, like, if I put him in the film, I'm saying that I'm either not aware of these conversations... I'm colorblind, or I don't care about them. Mm. If I don't put them in the film, it's saying that I know it and I do care. Yeah. And that I do think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Thus, I am deliberately not giving a black person this Depriving incredibly important role. Yeah. And my film will suffer because I couldn't get the best guy for the job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Of course, that won't matter. Yeah. Um, the question is, though, if I was a black director mm. and I was directing the new Planet of the Apes film and I put a black actor in the main role, mm. would there be any backlash to no. that? Because it's clearly an allegory. Okay. If you're a black director, all of a sudden that film becomes, without any effort, an allegory. Well, okay, that's a question. Can you... Is it okay to put a black actor in the new Planet of the Apes film if the new Planet of the Apes film is very deliberately a race allegory? Then that would be a little bit more difficult. I, I still wouldn't more rule difficult. it... More difficult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't rule that out. Because what you're doing then, you are drawing a direct corollary between oh, yeah. a black person and a, an ape. Yeah. So... If it's, like, irrelevant, then it just doesn't matter, right? Yeah. It's like, the, the position you want to be in is, I'm very aware of the the thinness of the ice by asking the black person to play Caesar. Mm. But I'm choosing not to care about that because it doesn't matter and they're the best person for the job. You don't want to be, look like you're ignorant, right? Mm. Like, like, totally, what, what, ape? Black people? What are you? Yeah, because that, that. that's just not believable. No, and it, yeah, it, or, or just ignorant. Yeah. So... Yeah, but if, if you were kind of doing a Planet of the Apes film where it was clearly about slavery or something, mm. I would be a little more reticent to ask a black... Um, it's weird, because at once, yes and no. At once, yes, because, look, we're doing the the ape slavery thing. Yeah. And it's almost like I'm saying that there is an analogue, an analogy to be made between you and, and the monkey. Yeah. 
But at the same time, if I'm going to make a film about slavery, I'm going to cast white actors? Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's an impossible Maybe, maybe that's why there it? hasn't been a Planet of the Apes race allegory film, because it's just, no, it's just a no-win situation. Yeah. I mean, because they are allegories. Yeah. I mean, Caesar is Jesus, or Moses. Or, yeah, there's you know. a Jesus allegory, and then the prison camp in the third one. It's yeah. obviously that, you know, it's not race-related, but mm-hmm. it's, in a sense, it's, you know... Yeah, like eugenic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there um, are definitely allegories in there. Yeah. Um, and also, like, uh, isn't the idea... But it's, it's weirdly... Weird Woody Harrelson's about supposed it. to be, like, a skinhead. Isn't that, like, the... Oh, is it? I don't know. But well, not he literally though. shaves at one point, doesn't he? I, I know, I know that, but okay. Maybe. I don't know. I always just assumed that, that was a military thing. Oh, it could be. Um, yeah, that could be me reading too much into reading it. Reading into it. I mean, the, the apes are clearly Jews. Yeah. Like, the, they're in the, you know, the, the concentration camp. They just want to... And then he leads them through the desert to the yeah. promised land. Yeah. He is Moses. I mean, that's... I love War for the Planet of the Apes. I know you prefer Dawn. War is my favourite. Okay. If I have one tiny, tiny, and it is tiny gripe about it, it's how heavy-handed that ending is, where they're clearly doing the march... Yeah. You know. Um, well, the final shot is a tableau, isn't it? It's Caesar yeah. slumping under it's the tree. It's a religious tableau. They might as well have had him parting the Red Sea. Yeah, sort of thing. exactly. It's not a big problem, but um, clearly it's... A, if, if I was Jewish, they'd be caused to be offended. I would have thought, yeah. oh, so we're apes. But they don't because they've got hell on their shoulders. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let's not go further. <laughs> Let's not go further into this. That was you. You, 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 you orchestrated all of this. No, but okay. When I say the Jews have a hell on their shoulders, I wasn't saying that black people don't. I was saying that ideologues don't. Jews right. seem to just be level-headed about the whole business. Okay. They've gone through a lot. They can take it. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying that black people need to go through more? Absolutely. And then, and then they'll come out at the other end Maybe more they'll wise up. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. This is the one. Yeah, this is the this one. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one. Yeah, so... Uh, My yeah. answer is yes. Mm. Me, personally, I would absolutely cast that individual. Okay. Um, the question is whether it would get through. Because yeah. I don't know how in tune studios are with not necessarily in tune because they're all, they obviously know what's in current you know vogue yeah what's in vogue at any time mm-hmm. like people accuse a lot of films of like being outdated and chasing old trends mm-hmm. it's not because they're it's because they're late to the party right it's not because they've only just found out about it it's because they found out about it at the time they've only just now been able to make the thing that yeah that's why I love it when, when they say Trial of Chicago Seven man it was clearly about. Uh, you know, the George Floyd protests, so clearly about the Capitol Hill thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a true story for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, it was, yeah, like... It's been in production for years. It's the lack, yeah, like 2005 yeah. was when the idea was planted. For Back it. when, like, current race relations were... Better. Were, you didn't have the race relations. No, that we it, the things were just better yeah, between yeah. the races. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's just that kind of basic ignorance of the realities of filmmaking and yeah. how long things take. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't know if a studio would care. If I said like, he's he's the perfect guy for the role. Mm-hmm. I know that some people might not, they might see a black guy playing an ape and go, oh God, this, that's racism. Mm-hmm. Do you care? Because I genuinely yeah. don't know if you care, studios. I don't know. I mean, the last Apes film was 2017. There probably will be more just because it's a, you know, it's a property that makes money. Yeah. And I don't see them being able to ever do another Apes film without it being an allegory for race relations. No. I don't think it's going to be possible anymore. 2017, we were in the mire with all this stuff, but it felt like, because it was part of a a series that started in 2011. Yeah. So, you know, now, black writer, black... I just, I can't see any other way around it, you know? Yeah. Speaking of which... Oh? 
there's going to be a new Superman film. Oh, okay. Uh, With uh, Henry Cavalry? I highly doubt Henry Cavalry. I highly doubt it. Okay. So it's been produced by J.J. Abrams, I think. Okay. And it's right. being der- uh, written by Tanahisi Coates. Do you okay. know Tanahisi Coates? I don't. Tanahisi Coates is a novelist and a kind of cultural commentator. I think he writes for the Atlantic. Oh, is it he? It's a he. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the name sounded like a. Like yeah, you see, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I see, I see where you're coming from. Uh, he's ba- his writings basically inspired the series Watchmen. Oh, the 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 Tulsa massacre. Damien Chazelle. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof. His series. Yeah. Okay. He read about the Tulsa massacre as written about by right. Tanahisi yeah. Coates. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Now Tanahisi Coates is terrible. Oh, is he now? Yeah, a true ideologue, a guy that said um, in his autobiography that I haven't read it, but I, I'm, I'm told this is in there. Okay. Uh, on 9-11, he lived in New York and he writes that he watched the towers burn without a shred of empathy because of the history of race relations in the United States. Okay. Yeah. Because how, how could he possibly care about all these Americans dying when they had slaves 200 years ago? Right. It's a bit of a kick in the teeth for all the minorities that were working in the World Trade Center, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. And the firefighters and the and paramedics the and the police who died officers. And the innocent bystanders yeah. who died. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cunt. Okay. I, I, anyone who writes that, and after the age of 18, hmm. you're a cunt if you write something like that. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, right? Anyway, he's writing the new Superman film. <laughs> any, any, <laughs> any. Chance is there a snowball's chance in hell it's not going to be about race in America? Yeah. That Superman's not going to be black? And it's going to be basically a Watchmen, but with Superman. Okay. And Watchmen's like, we had our problems with it. We liked it mostly. We had our problems uh, with it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It could do that because it was an, it's an adult show. It's an adult idea. Yeah. Superman is supposed to be for children. That doesn't mean you can't do something vaguely challenging no, with no, it. No, no, no. Of course not. But if, there's a, if there is a superhero aimed at children, it's Superman, right? Yeah. He's called Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what it's going to be, right? It's, I think we talked about uh, years ago. If I was ever going to do a, a Superman film, my university idea for it was, uh, oh, it would be like they discovered the ultimate weapon existed mm. and all these countries would be fighting over like the ultimate nuke. Yeah. Like it's that line in Watchmen, right? The Superman is real and he is American. Yeah. Uh, I love that sort of stuff. But you know what it's going to be now? It's because Superman fights for truth, justice and the American way. But what is the American way, He's man? He's a white supremacist. He fights they, for they, the white people. I don't think they'll do that. Okay. But they'll kind of invert that, you know? Oh, he fights for the black people. Well, it's it's going to try and unpack what that means. Truth, justice, and the American way. Did you know the American way actually meant slavery from right, okay. the, the Atlantic Passage? And it's just, I know it's, it's going to be... It's going to be like people, that. like, educating Superman? <laughs> Making Superman's going to get woke. Superman's going to get woke. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we this, don't This know is all that. conjecture. But could, Michael B. Jordan once auditioned for the role of Superman, Superman. I see. And can you see that happening? Yeah. I can see that happening. Okay. This is the thing, like, yes, it's trendy. Mm. Yes, if you're hiring a black writer in this age where it's been said that, you know, like, oh, if a white writer has, like, a black protagonist, he's actually taking the, uh, yeah. the opportunity away from a black writer. Yeah. Even though that white writer was always going to write a show with characters in it. Mm-hmm. So by making some of his characters minority. Like, he made them minorities to give mm. those roles to... Yeah, and it should be noted as well, not just an incidentally black writer. 
a black writer. Yeah. You know, like I don't mean that to sound disparaging, but writes about black issues. And yeah. Is, you know, that's all he writes about. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised. I say I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I think a lot of people are expecting it's going to be a black Superman and it's going to be race relations are going to be in there. Yeah. Heavily in there. Yeah, the bad guy will kind of be he'll, yeah, a, a, he'll, a supremacist in some way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I can't imagine that the people who own the rights to Superman that have access to the, um, what do they call it? The estate, mm-hmm. the Superman estate, yeah. are going to be so willing to bend to that. You well, know? A, firstly, if it's done in a Black Panther fashion, they'll go, well, that makes money. Okay. I don't think it's going to be like a didactic, woke, woke, woke thing, but I think it's going to try and do the deal in those sorts of areas. Mm. Yeah, so if Black Panther did it, we can do it. That's the first thing. Okay. Second thing is, the Dr. Seuss estate has washed their hands of him. Yes. This is the age in which we live. Yeah. I, I, I remember saying to, this to you, like, I want you to make a um, a gif of that steam fry thing at the Catholic Church. It's like Dr. Seuss' estate has turned its back on him. Then what are you for? Yeah. You know, that's the... This is literally the only point of you. Yeah. Is to protect the legacy of Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss as well. A children's author. Yeah. Children's book. <laughs> but yeah. I, I guess there they were some drawings of Chinese people with Chinese hats. All right. And that wasn't on. Okay. I didn't know we'd gotten to Chinese yet on the... Um, that's racist thing. I thought we were still on black, but... No, that's anyway. always been one of my complaints. Yeah, yeah. That, like, when they say racist, they mean disparaging to black people. Yes. Not disparaging to Asian people no. or even um, Jewish Hispanic people. people yeah, yeah. Or Jewish people. Yeah. It's always black people that seem to be the victims of racism. Yeah. But I suppose, like, if if you can be racist to Asian people now, then okay. <laughs> at, at, least, yeah. at least they're including, like, other people in this now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they care, though, do they? What? Is that racist? Asians. Yeah, so the Asians don't care about racism? I'm sure the Asians do care about racism. They're probably not as sensitive. No. This, this, we're talking broad generalizations. Oh, here, absolutely. But, as broad um, as we can go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know... Like, like the, the I, super- I say that because I've seen multiple uh, instances where people have cried cultural appropriation of mm. um, Asian cultures. Mm-hmm. And in response, people have gone, oh, if they want to, we're happy with it. Yeah, you know, like people who've worn um, their hair in, mm. you know, like a, it's sort of traditional Japanese hair, yeah, hairstyles yeah, yeah. or clothing. And they've gone like, oh, you're appropriating the, the, the aesthetic. Mm. And I've seen people go, no, we lo- we're happy that we have a culture. It's a cultural exchange. Part of. Yeah. Yeah. We're happy that you enjoy aspects of our culture so much that you want to adopt them. But also, what, what's the what's the alternative to that? I mean, we'll use the term cultural appropriation, right? Even okay. though it's it's loaded as a negative term. Yeah. What's the alternative to cultural appropriation? It's segregation. Cultural segregation. Yeah. So we all just stay in our boxes. We don't interact with yeah, each isn't other. Isn't that the whole point of? Like, yeah. Cultural appropriation like, is the point we, of a global society. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to appropriate each other's cultures. And like segregation, that's a thing that we didn't like. Right. You know, but that's that's black the people, sick joke of all of it. Black isn't it? people were segregated. Yeah. And they were like, this is really not on. Yeah. We're going to, like, um, do the civil rights movement. But but that is the sick joke of all of it, is that there are people fighting for segregation again. Yeah. But it's just kind of on the, the flip side of the coin. on our terms. On our terms, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I, I can easily envision the whoever owns the rights to Superman to say, 
you know, after discussions, it's it's clear to us that truth, justice, and the American way doesn't mean what it once used to mean. And it's time to re-examine our biases and our prejudices. And what does Superman mean in America today in the wake of George Floyd? In the way- it's going to be that. I, I, know, I know, I know. It's not impossible to see, but mm-hmm. I, like, given how protective some people are, are of yeah. their brands, mm-hmm. um, like James Bond, the James Bond estate didn't seem to bend to... No, but that's just because they, they happen to have a, a frankly ballsy woman at the helm. Yeah. Who's like, no, he's not going to be a woman. Yeah. He can be black, sure, but he's never going to be a woman. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Damn right. And they don't have people that ballsy in charge of Superman. Apparently not. Like one of, if not the biggest estates right, but you're talking- out there in pop culture. Yes, but you're talking... Yeah, fair enough. Okay, and money always talks. Yeah. But... These are Americans. They don't have the stiff upper lip of uh, Barbara Broccoli. No, they to don't. Go, no, not happening. Yeah. I think she's British. It's gonna be I would a- assume so. Yeah, you can't yeah. have a not British person in charge of James Bond, can well, you? Well, there's two of them, isn't it? It's Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson, I think. Okay. Because she's the daughter of Cubby Broccoli, who was the guy that started the films, producing the films. Right, okay. okay. Oh, no, she is American. I did not know that. Okay. Oh, oh she's American-British. Ah, right. So she has <laughs> she has some stiff upper lip in her system. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- she is what it would take to stop all this shit. Just the people at the heads to go, no. Yeah. We're not going to do that. But it's not going to happen. Okay. So, uh, I mean, look, I could be way off the mark here. Way off the mark. We know nothing about this film. Yeah. It could just be a Superman film that he happens to be writing. Mm. But doesn't that sound all too plausible? It feels weird that you would bring in someone who's so... Um, Political. Political yeah. and associated with that. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't know this guy before you brought him to my attention. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if his name is associated with yeah. his, like, the stuff that he preaches and the stuff that he writes and his activism. Yes. So it's weird that you would bring on some someone with that reputation yeah. to write a traditional superhero film. Exactly. It, it, it's basically tantamount to, even though he's done some films that kind of don't deal in these, these areas... It's exactly what we would think if it if the news was Spike Lee hired to direct next Superman movie. Right, okay. Right? It's exactly that. Like yeah, yeah. what can I infer from that? Yeah. But we'll see. We will see. I've got another question for you. Oh god, what's this one now? <laughs> this one's a little bit safer. Okay. If we could artificially increase everyone's intelligence. Should we? Okay. All right. Yeah, that one feels a, bit, a little bit <laughs> safer. safer. Oh, thank God. Um, Unless you go, well, everyone but the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Asians... Oh, my God, this has spiraled out of control. <laughs> well, the Asians, let's be honest, they don't need their intelligence increased, do they? They don't. They're, I mean, they're having this decreased artificially by uh, <laughs> by universities, aren't they? Yeah. Um, have you brought that up before? Sure, I have. Okay. They're like, yeah, they, they take, they kind of shave points off them um, and add them to the scores of black students. Yeah. 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 Um, so we found a way of ma- even making this about race. <laughs> okay, so yeah. your question was, uh, if we could artificially increase everyone's IQ. Yeah, call it a slightly more sensible sequel to your question. Which oh, was... whether we should exchange penis size or <laughs> yeah. breast size for IQ points. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have, like when you say IQ... Any number of IQ points or a specific amount of IQ Let's points? say 20. Okay. So if we could increase everyone's IQ by 20 mm-hmm. and there was no consequences to this... Well, that would be the question, I suppose, you'd have to ponder. 
What no, no. What I mean by I mean the physical procedure. So in the oh, same no, way that like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, well, it wouldn't make you retarded, but it, it wouldn't. No, no. But like in the same way that like we're obviously all going to get the COVID vaccine yeah. at some point. I think like nearly fifty percent of the country's had it by yeah. this point. Yeah, we're yeah. still we still haven't had ours yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you, everyone gets a vaccine, um, and in a week or two, they get twenty extra IQ points. Basically, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Okay. Well, my question would be, what's the point of that? Well, why not? Would be my retort. Okay. I mean, I know that sounds like I'm being difficult. No, I feel like but it, I think the burden of proof would be on why shouldn't we? Yeah, and I feel like yeah, that's a that's a common enough reason in science. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Like, oh, why not? But yeah, I mean, we would have to analyze the kind of net benefit and net loss. I'm sure there are loads of things that we mm. won't consider. Well, the net benefit is obviously everyone becomes smarter. Right. Yeah, and more shit gets done. Yeah, people yeah. who are average become clever. People who are yeah. clever become geniuses. People who are stupid become average. Yeah, everyone goes up a bit, and vegetables just become dumbasses. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh god, that must be awful, mustn't it? Like what? you're in, you're in a vegetative vegetative state, yeah, and you become cleverer, but you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Or your brain. What would that? How would that work? If you're brain dead. But you, your IQ increases. What, <laughs> what would happen? Yeah. Well, you're brain happen? dead, so... Oh, I mean, would it just be like multiplying 20 by zero? Basically, yeah. It'd be like, I don't know, injecting antidepressant into a corpse. <laughs> it's not really going to have much of an effect. <laughs> oh, that's a thought. The day that the zombie apocalypse happens, would all the zombies be smarter? Um, are, they, are they brain dead? They are brain dead, though, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. Well, they're... Yeah, because I think the idea is that the fact that they can move, yeah, and that they target the living to eat—that's mm. reflex, basically. It's never, really, never really understood the zombie thing. Yeah, it's it, like there's been so many different interpretations. Yeah, the whole like brains. Yes, that's been out of fashion for years, right? Since like the sixties, really. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Well, let's just go with it's a bit of a diversion, but the traditional George Romero zombie, which is that kind of brain, basically, yeah. yeah. They, they you know, but let's let's replace brains with general flesh. Okay. They just have to consume living flesh. Yeah. What are they? There's no magic, is it? They're not. It's not like you know they they've been hexed back to life. No. And they're not afflicted. As it, they're not. It's not like a bug or yeah, like a virus. Yeah. Well, no. No. You, you do have. Those yeah, ones. zombie viruses are another. What are they called? Rage or something? Rage virus. Yeah, rage zombies. Yeah. I think Walking yeah. Dead. It's a virus, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they're not rage zombies. No, but it, yeah, it's it's virus, but they're basically Romero zombies. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure like multiple. There have been multiple incarnations of zombies where they've kind of explained mm. it. Like I think ragers, they're not dead, right? But they're infected. They're infected. Yeah, and like they're so overcome with rage that they're mm. single-minded in what yeah. they want to do. Monomaniacally. Monomaniacally. So they're yeah. living creatures, but they're so driven. By rage yes. that they their free will is gone. Sounds they're, like sleepwalking. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Like they're not. Yeah, they're, they're alive, but they're not living. Conscious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got reanimated corpses. But the, yeah, the zombies are the undead, aren't they? The living dead. So yeah. th- does that mean they're living or dead? <laughs> is that one of those things you're just supposed to go? Oh yeah, sure, that makes sense. I'm supposed to, but what am I? I, I a sheep. <laughs> Especially if I've got extra twenty, an extra twenty IQ points now. Exactly. I want to know things <laughs> now that I can uh, I understand say, them. I, I'm sure he won't, if he listens, he won't mind me mentioning him by name mm-hmm. in this one instance. 
friend of ours called Chris Lambert. I remember once like, I pointed out something about uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Okay. And why is it, what does that mean? Strictly Come Dancing. And I was trying to dissect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his response was, call me tits, Winston Smith. And I think, <laughs> uh, which is obviously the 1984 character. Yeah, yeah. And since then, that's for me become the go-to, if anyone's been vaguely conspiratorial. Right. Call me tits, Winston Smith. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, no, the living dead. I mean, it's meant to be, just be like a, a cool oxymoron is the idea like they're living dead because they're dead but they're mobile but they're mobile necromobile necromobile yeah yeah, yeah. no one's gonna get that so. no one's gonna get it no <laughs> we're, uh, even, I'm we're, we're, we're not even gonna explain it let's not let's just leave necromobile. it leave it hanging in yeah. the air um, should we call the episode necromobile sure just just to add That's an basically extra what we are, an it? extra layer of mystery to it all <laughs> sure necromobile um Maybe. There might be a better title. There might be a better one. But, but for now, we'll say... Like, if, the, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify or whatever, and the title is Necromobile, it's because we were that bland. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We couldn't be bothered to yeah. like listen back and come up with a better title. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so they're the living dead because they are dead, but they're mobile, mm. much like a living person would be. But w- w- So what's motivating them then? As in biologically, w- what is the impetus? Yeah, I don't know. I've always written it off as... Um, if, you just, if you're not happy with just like, oh, it's supernatural. It's just one of those things you accept, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously supernatural, but it's, what, what impulse is being imparted into them? Like muscle memory, I guess. Okay, because again, it's not like a sorcerer. Go, ah, you now rise from the dead. Mm. It's not magic. Maybe one or, once or twice it has been. Oh yeah, yeah I'm sure there have been versions of that. But You've, I mean, the closest real life equivalent that I can think of is the cordyceps. Is it? Is that what they're called? The what? The the fungi that infect ants. Oh, I don't know. The thing that the Last of Us was oh, based yeah, yeah. on. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're like parasites that can basically uh, kind of occ- take over the mind of the host. Yeah, they sort of um, vegetize the ants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegetabilize the ants. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they replace their. They sort of tap into their motor functions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes. the ant is brain dead, Except but they're able to wear its body and use its muscles. Yeah, they, they the creatures based the hosts basically become avatars. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's the idea that this virus or okay. just a, a, some supernatural force is wearing these zombies like a suit. Basically, and it just needs to consume the flesh. Yeah, it's just operating on on that. All right, let's go with that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, raising the intelligence. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so we didn't actually no, answer what no. would raising the intelligence of, intelligence of a zombie do. Would it um, snap the zombies out of their stupor? No, because they're, they're dead. Aren't they? Right. Okay. It, yeah. It's the it's the whole... even the rager zombies. Would would it would it raise their intelligence to the point which you go? You know what? Why am I angry? Why am I so angry? Well, and driven by rage. Low intelligence isn't the precondition of the circumstance, is it? Okay. So. The rage, it's, it's, it's a disease, it's an infection. Mm. So making them smarter, it's like saying that you get over the, the flu if you were smarter. Okay. Right? Right. If I've got the flu, it doesn't matter whether I'm a genius or an idiot, I'm going to cough. So would it just, would their methods become more complicated? Would, instead of single-mindedly chasing someone down the street? Are they minded? Is the question, Are they conscious? Well, this is my question. Yeah. Instead of just chasing after them down the street and like gnashing at their heels trying to rip off their skin. They set traps and shit. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. like, yeah. They like call them up on the phone and they like, <laughs> yeah, they like sort of encourage them. It's like, oh, come meet me at this place. Oh, they can and, talk. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't have a plan or a setup, <laughs> an amusing plan that was convoluted and complicated. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like the. Because yeah. I'm not an intelligent zombie, you see. I don't have those extra 20 <laughs> IQ points yet. Yeah. 
Well, in I Am Legend, they sort of do that, don't they? They kind of, they lure him into a trap. I have no idea. Haven't you not seen it? No. I mean, they're vampires in that, but they're basically zombies. Okay. I can't remember how intelligent they're supposed to be. But yeah, they kind of, he has a friend. He, he, he has mannequins around the city that he treats as friends. Mm. And they put a mannequin at the end of this long road. Mm. And he's like, what are you doing there? I think his name's Sam. Sam, Sam, what are you doing there? And he kind of loses his mind. Yeah. But they put it there to kind of draw him into a trap, essentially. Right. Like they're kind of learning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I assume, yeah, it's just the equivalent of if you were if you had cancer, being smarter wouldn't help you. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So you hear that, all our cancer-riddled listeners? <laughs> you might as well be dumb. <laughs> yeah, being yeah, smart cancer doesn't. A, you were you were smart. Look where that got you. <laughs> cancer doesn't discern. <laughs> okay. So gee, this is the one. <laughs> yes, yeah. this, this is the one. This is this is not being pleasant. <laughs> So, yes, 20 points. All sentient people. Yes, get um, 20 points. Get 20 20 extra points. Yeah, so the benefit would be that everybody is 20 points smarter. At the age of 18, let's say. Oh, okay. I don't think we should be giving five-year-olds the... uh the drug. Well, I mean, if we can change their gender. Yeah, I know. But should we, George, should we be doing well, that? Well, yeah. Exactly. Let's, I mean, let's do everything. Let's, why not? Let's touch every <laughs> taboo in this. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's where this is going, right? Yeah. Well, of course, if they were, if we gave them the smarter drug first, then they wouldn't be transgender. Okay. Um, <laughs> go on. Do you, are you going to have to sit next to me in the editing process and just go, yeah, get rid of that. Get rid of that. <laughs> get rid of that. Blame Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah, if she hadn't been, if she hadn't written that stupid A fucking tweet, yeah, yeah, then we would be behaving ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's that Stuart Lee thing, isn't it? When he does that whole thing about Jesus and being sick into his anus and stuff. Yeah. So when he tried to impose limits on free speech, sensible people, often against their own uh, <laughs> sense of what's right, will be forced to test those limits. <laughs> Oh, gone. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, everybody would be twenty IQ points smarter. Yeah. So we would reap benefits of living in a society where even our stupid people are like basically average. I guess, yeah. But nobody would be smarter. Everyone would be twenty IQ points smarter. So the gap of intelligence between everyone wouldn't change. The hierarchy is static. Yeah, the smart people yeah. would still be smarter than the stupid people. Yes. And they would be the same, the, the, the distance in IQ would be the same because mm-hmm. everybody's gone up by 20. Yeah. So it wouldn't be improving society in that respect because... It wouldn't be kind of bridging a gap. No, no. it wouldn't be bridging no. a gap, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if people are like, if they bully people based on their IQ or mm-hmm. if there's this like um, systemic, like, you know, oh, make sure the stupid people don't get opportunities mm-hmm. or... There probably isn't. My point is, if there was, yeah. that system wouldn't would still be in play. Yeah, because the gap is the same. Well, this this is kind of based on something Sam Harris said, right? He said it, it was a similar kind of conundrum. If a meteor crashed to Earth mm. and made every, everyone lose, let's say twenty IQ points, yeah, we wouldn't waste the breath before deciding that we had to remedy that situation. Mm. But the suggestion that we could go that we would go even further. You you're repulsed by it because my natural state is to go. Oh no, you don't like, want to be smarter. No, that I don't want to be. Smarter. But if we could artificially uh, induce a higher IQ in the populace, yeah. my gut knee jerk reaction is I feel that's wrong. Okay, but I can't rationally uh, back that. Is up. that just a sort of because um, obviously one of the reasons I think a lot of people would be afraid is because they don't know the risks that would carry. 
No, it's just it's like, like what I would gain like twenty IQ points, but at what cost? No, not that. Like even if if it was, th- there were no massive disadvantages. Mm. It just seems wrong to me. It's like eugenics. It's like I don't know. I, I would say oh, it's because it's what you're born with. But if you're born, I don't know, with a predisposition to be fat, mm. I think you should try and lose the weight. Yeah. So it's not like. So, I'm, I want everyone in their natural state. It's not yeah, that. it's not like, well, you're messing with nature. This is not how... No, because yeah. IQ... Yeah, or if someone has cancer, that's natural. I don't think they should just yeah, die. Don't, yeah, you know. don't get the treatment yeah. because you're... The, God gave you cancer. I can <laughs> right. live with it. God gave you cancer. Let's call the episode that. God gave you... <laughs> <laughs> um, so many choices. <laughs> so many choices. Yeah, but there's something about that that just feels wrong. Tampering, meddling. Yeah. I don't know why. You know? Yeah. I don't know why that's different than weight or health mm. or anything like that. Well, yeah, I suppose... Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would be... Objectively, there's no reason to think that I wouldn't be better off for it, mm-hmm. for being 20... Like, having 20 IQ points... Mm-hmm. Being 20 IQ points smarter. But it also, like, what does IQ even mean? Well, yeah, it's a very particular type of intelligence, isn't it? It is that, yeah. Um, I mean, IQs... Are not necessarily an accurate reflection of how intelligent you are. They're pretty accurate. They're accurate in a certain regard. Like, you know, people who are um, thick as shit are mm. not going to score very high on an IQ test. No. But also, IQs specifically test certain... Yeah, it's, it's not... Yeah, so there are people who might not score high on an IQ test, but otherwise contribute their intelligence in a meaningful capacity to something and this is some other dimension. This is something that I've always kind of wondered about because the the if you if you say to someone if someone says that they asks you, Am I smart? And mm. they're not, mm. you go, Oh no, you're street smart. Or you're emotionally intelligent. Or you're emotionally intelligent. Right? Emotionally intelligent is the is the um that's is like street, tr- street it's street smart with A levels. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that <laughs> yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not even necessarily in that context. It's just like, oh, there are people in general who's like, oh yeah, he's not like academically smart, but he's mm. street smart. Yeah. Because what does that mean though? That, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't mean anything. It, it is just something to placate. Like, well, what do you say? Yeah, I think like street smart, yeah. Yeah. It's used as placation a lot. Street smart, yes. But there's also people out there, and I feel like we know um, people <laughs> like masses. this. No, no, oh. no, no. We know people who are smart. Okay, but... They we, are yeah. intelligent, but they're crap academically. Sure. And they don't hold a candle to other people that we know that mm. are very academically smart. Yeah. Like, I would... I, I don't know where I sit on the intelligence spectrum whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do okay in IQ tests, but I know that I don't excel in the fields that IQs are designed... IQ tests are right. designed to test. Yes. But I don't think I'm an idiot. No, 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 by no stretch. So what am I? If I'm not academically smart, yeah, but I'm still smart. Mm. In what in what ways am I smart? Well, why do you say you're not academically smart? Well, because I don't I don't have for one thing I don't have the patience for it. Yeah, like, like yeah, if I put, if is, I put like puzzles and, and maths equations yeah. and stuff, I just don't I don't have the energy to sit there and yeah. But that's what that is, though. It's not a failure of intelligence. You're just a lazy fuck. Okay. That's what it is. Mm. If you applied yourself mm. to those sorts of things, you would do really well. Okay. But you can't be asked. No, I can't be asked. Okay. <laughs> That's what that is. Okay, though. let's take somebody yeah. who isn't me, who can right. be asked. Who can be asked. Who can be asked. Okay, a friend of ours. 
Uh, sure. I had. Oh, no... right, you're gonna. Uh, next yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I didn't right, have okay. a particular friend in mind, but maybe we know someone who does fit okay, the bill. Okay. Okay. Uh, somebody who can uh, be asked. Yeah. And is capable of doing decently on an IQ test. Okay. But they're clearly an intelligent person. Right. But you, they, you can't point to like, oh, this is how he's intelligent. It's not like, right. oh, he's very uh, gifted academically. He's very um, another indication. Creative. Or- yeah, whatever. Like you can't point to one specific thing and go, this is why he's intelligent. But they've got a head on their shoulders. But there's no denying that they are intelligent. Okay. What's the term for that? How do you describe a person Well, intelligent. Like yeah, but like if you can't demonstrate their intelligence, but they are clearly intelligent. Do you know what I'm saying? I, yes, but obviously, like how some things can't be quantified in that way. There are people who are great orators and writers. Yeah. That yeah, like the the proofs in the pudding sort of thing. But okay, so what do we call? Because I feel like when there is an intelligence that we can't quantify, it's ra- it's rolled up into either emotional intelligence or street smart or creative or creatively. Yeah, yeah they're a creative individual, not even necessarily creatively smart. Just they're creative. They're creative. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what what term, what what term should we come up with for, for someone who's intelligent without me- like, but in no way we can measure? Yeah. Smart. I mean, I don't think we have to invent a word. Okay. You know, intelligent. I suppose does imply it's kind of it's very closely connected with academic intelligence. Yes. It's very intelligent. Well, that's what the school system is geared towards. Yeah. Um, people who come out of the academic system. Will- the best are the academics. Yeah. Aren't they? That's that's the kind of logical end point of academia. Yeah. It produces academics. It produces academics. Yeah. yeah that's the thing that you're tested for. I remember um, very quickly, I remember being in university and we had a Hungarian lecturer and, you know, we had to read these essays on Hungarian short animations. Right. Dull, dull stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. You're not just budding writers, you're budding intellectuals. No, academics. I'm thinking, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Like you just, you just, I want to write my script. You just assume that. Yeah. I'm not a budding academic. I'm a budding writer. Yeah. It, this is like a um, a trade school, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, genuinely. I'm not saying obviously academia has its place, and I I don't dislike it. But no, we weren't budding academics. It was a script writing course. Yeah. Anyway, um, so a word for someone who is intelligent without okay, and you're not happy with clever or smart or why. Well, I I'm I just wanted to sort of bring it to people's attention, I suppose. Okay. That it's um, there. There's a domain of intelligence that isn't quantified. Yeah, that we haven't. Um, yeah, that we haven't really identified yet. Yeah. Because there must be, like, if you are you are you academically good in school? No. Mm. Are you like creative? No. Okay. But you're clearly not an idiot. You are intelligent. Mm. I would identify you as intelligent. But I can't. There's nothing I can point to and say this is why this is right. how you're intelligent. Okay, but you clearly are. Well, do you have a, do you have a person in mind? I'm not saying you should bring them up because I'm struggling to think of someone who I there's nothing I could point to and say look there's a reflection of their intelligence. Yeah, I mean there's we, always something. Yeah, I mean we have a friend who is like not as smart as us, okay. um, but he's not an idiot either. Like he's smart enough. He's smart enough to be considered smart. Okay. You don't know who this Tell me before, is. and you can edit it. Oh, okay. I don't know. All right, okay. Yes, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like he's not an idiot, is he? No. He's not academically smart. He's creative, I guess, but not mm. creative. No, okay, he's not creative. 
Um, um, but he's not an idiot, is he? No. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, like, how would you good quant- question? Yeah. How would you quantify his intelligence? Sensible. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Like just by talking to him. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how you get the measure of people, anyway, is by talking to them. That's how you know. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there are plenty of people I know that did really well academically that I know are fucking idiots. Yeah. It's because academia is, you just follow a, 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 the rule. Yeah. Like, follow this pattern and you'll do well. Memory as well. Memory is memory. used as a sign yeah. of intelligence. But yeah. that's like, because most exams are basically memory tests, aren't they? Yeah. Here is um, here is an equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, find the answer is like an exception to the rule, I guess. Mm-hmm. But most questions and exams are, you know, like, oh, uh, give me the information that you know on this topic. Basically. Or here is the opportunity to write an essay. Mm -hmm. Remember all the keywords we taught you to use and how to apply them and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, somebody who isn't good academics, someone who doesn't have the best memory, someone who isn't creative, but Mm -hmm. they're not an idiot. What are they? Because they're not an idiot, but they're not smart in any way that we can measure. I'm going to ruminate on that. Okay. Um, it will be the next week's Sam's lexicon. Not okay. next week. We should probably say Oh, that yeah. Now. That's a perfect opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this show is going fortnightly. It is. Because <laughs> it's been that for a while, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We're officially... We're officially We're, we're choosing to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. We are going fortnightly. Um, there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to stick to that. No. Uh, touch wood. We should be, yeah. we should be okay. Um, so, yeah, it gives you, gives you a bit of a break. So you're not listening to two or three. We're not taking up two and three hours of your week every week. Yeah, you can really digest those chunks yeah. if you want to listen in bits. Really listen to just how awful this episode has been yeah. in a moral sense. Yeah. Okay, so what are we, what are we, how are we resolving the intelligence question? Oh God! Um, I suppose it would, I I would just say I can't rationally think of a reason why not. Mm. I welcome listener input. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my gut says no. Okay. What about you? Um. Yeah, I suppose I I would I would say no as well. But I don't know whether that's just me being like, oh, I don't like change. <laughs> okay. L- laziness again. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Which is like, I don't know what that world will look like. Yeah, that's just not met tamper with. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that Jurassic Park thing, isn't it? Mm. You spent so long thinking whether you could, you didn't stop to think whether you should. should. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... Well, so I've got two bits of homework for Sam's Lexicorner then. I've got to come up with that. Yeah. And I've got to come up with a replacement for creative protraction. Yes. Okay. Uh, but you do have... You have a lexicon prepared for us, don't you? I do indeed. It's it's returned. It's returned. We returned, and now it's returned. I it it, it uh, ge- was generated organically as well. Oh, good. Okay. Um, okay. This is a Sam's lexicon, then. Yay. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's lexicon. Uh, hello. Welcome to the corner. Uh-huh. So we were you were talking about an ITV show. That you're no, I tell you what I was talking about. Yeah. I was talking about your honor. You were, which my, my honor. No, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the TV show <laughs> yes. Your Honor, which is showing on. Well, I think it's streaming, um, but Sky Atlantica, the it, channel. Yeah, that's, it's on Sky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose I, we're not, we're not going to talk about it on this episode. I don't even know if we're going to be able to finish it. Okay. Because it's just it's not it's not holding my attention whatsoever. But I said to you like I'm 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 really. 
frustrated by shows that look like Your Honor, where they're sort of, they're not monochromatic, mm. but they're so damn close to it. And yeah. it just sucks all the life out of it. And I said to you, it reminds me of every ITV drama that I've ever seen. Yeah. Bleached. ITV, yeah. Yeah. ITV exclusive drama where it's this basically monotone show, mm-hmm. monochromatic show as yeah. well, um, where it's this like police drama that's like depressing and yeah. brutal or, and or, or and regional and regional you know region yeah. it's always about like it's yorkshire yeah it's and, always starring james nesbitt and of late the, a lot of um real life serial killer dramatizations mm. there's been a few of those like yeah. white house farm and all that yeah yeah uh, yeah, the people you'll usually find in these shows are james nesbitt james nesbitt sanji baskar's in a few uh which one's that well, he's an indian actor a british indian actor okay uh, you'd look, know him if you saw yeah him. i'd have to look at a photo uh keely halls yeah and the woman from <laughs> I knew it the other day because I told you the name, didn't I? Uh, yeah, you did. Oh, what the fuck's her name now? Blanking. Saran Jones. Yes, yeah, yeah. Saran Jones. Yeah, yeah. I think she's in most her okay. or Kitty Horse. Yes, just these kind of uh-looking shows. Yeah. Plus, thing, it's not even the color scheme necessarily because shows like any David Fincher film does that, but they're beautiful. Yes, but David Fincher, um, the technique that goes into those yeah. uh, films is sort of supports right. that. Yes, okay. It? Because his, his films are so um, mechanical, Yeah, the way that they operate. Like, there's been like, multiple people brought up just how rigid and robotic David Fincher's camera movements are and yeah. how precisely they move. Yeah, there's no working director where that the communicates how fully they have a mastery of the craft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, yeah, just those miserable, usually in Northern accent, mm. uh, drugs, council, uh, houses. Yeah, they're always in those, power like, blocks, like, 15-story council House. blocks. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone gets killed. Uh, there's usually a child that's neglected. Yeah, just these miserable James fucking James Nesbitt shows. is always an alcoholic. Yeah. Or whoever's playing the James Nesbitt role is always an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. Saran Jones as as... as uh, suffering from a past trauma that is kind of yeah. re- bubbling to the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that shit. Yeah. I'm calling that trend Broad Church. Broad Church. <laughs> yeah. Because Broad Church, I think, epitomizes it. I like the first season of Broad Church. Yeah. But the sec- it's luck, and the second season especially. Just people on beaches looking out at a grey sea looking fucking miserable. Yes. Broad Church. Broad Church. Samuel. Words. Crazy. Sam's Lexicon. Okay, that was Sam's Lexicon. Hey. Uh, let's talk a bit about Marilyn Manson, shall we? Ooh. Why? Ah, oh, he's not on, is he? Oh, is he not? Apparently. I don't know. It sounds like it. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm a fan of Marilyn Manson's music. Yeah, yeah. We both are. Well, yeah. Yeah. I never seek him out. But when his music is put before me, I go, oh, why don't I seek this out? See, I'm not like, yeah, okay, I'm not a major fan. Uh, You know, it was definitely 1819, Mm. really liked it, 70 maybe. In Uh, 1819, you were a big fan. In 1819, I love Marilyn Manson. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, his his early years. No, uh, he's kind of, I I like that type of music and I still have a fondness for it. But it always felt like his lyrics were a bit better than they needed to be for the realm in which they existed. Okay. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his songs. I like his general what he represents. 
Yeah, when I think of Marilyn Manson, after I've like thought of the music, the thing that I always remember is his response to yeah. somebody asking him about the Columbine kids. Yeah, that's where I got the Bowling for Columbine documentary. Yeah. And Michael Moore asked him, what would you say to those kids if they were here now? And he says, I wouldn't say anything. I'd listen to what they had to say, which is what no one else did. Yeah. And I just like what he represents, that kind of um, trolling. You know, he was kind of like the proto-troll of, of a yeah. lot of things. Yeah, yeah prodding at things and just not taking things too seriously and being dark just because it, it kind of riled religious people. And yeah, I kind of am a fan of that sort of subversiveness. Mm. And yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause Evan Rachel Wood, right, has accused him of um, ab- abusing her, basically. Oh, okay. And a bunch of other people have come out. God, we can't have anyone, can we? We can't have anyone. I don't really have any, any color commentary on it other than to say... Well, that's a shame. Do we know? I mean, do we know that this has happened, or are these merely accusations? So far, merely accusations. Okay. And but enough people have come forward and said, "Yeah, everything you've heard about him is fucking true." Right. Okay. Which makes you think, why didn't you fucking say anything earlier? Yeah. I gotta say that that will always baffle me. Mm. I mean, the Me Too thing is its own phenomenon. Uh, you know, one woman comes out, then that gives another woman the courage, all that. Fine. Yeah. But you talk about like men, like pe- guys that went on tour with him that were like, oh yeah, I saw all that shit. Yeah. Well, did you not feel any moral responsibility to kind of intervene? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we can't have anything. All of the icons are being dismantled. Mm. Which brings us to the royal family. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you wanted to bring it up, right? I, a, I tell you, a little bit I want to yeah. bring it up. Okay, so from what I understand, mm. uh, Meghan Markle is mm. obviously um, married to Prince Harry. She is. Their marriage resulted in them very quickly deciding that they didn't want to be um, members of the royal family anymore. Or at the very least, they didn't want to live that life. Yeah. So they wanted to separate from the royal family. I think the narrative is that they wanted to still fulfill their duties, mm. but removed from the cloister of the royal... Right. Kind of, yeah, psychosphere. Okay. Yeah, so they moved to Canada. They moved to Canada. And then they moved to the States? Mm-hmm. To Tyler Perry's house. Okay. <laughs> who, yeah, who paid for their security. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I hear that... Um, even after he left for Canada, he took a lot of his staff with him. Mm-hmm. Staff that was still being paid by the British taxpayer. Yeah. But very quickly, he was stripped of all his honours and his titles. Mm-hmm. And he was stripped of his... Um, he was no longer on the royal family's teat. Yes. He was on his own mm-hmm. in terms of finance. And this, they recently... Had, there was an interview with Oprah that they recently did. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday or the day before. Yesterday. We, we got it yesterday. Yeah. We got it yesterday yeah. as of time of recording. I wrote um, an article about it. You wrote uh, directly to that yeah, article. Yeah, go for it. Direct it. Uh, the article is called "The Crown of Thorns." It'll, okay. it'll, it's on my WordPress. Just look at my Instagram; you'll find it. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and like the takeaway because it was like a two-hour interview, right? Mm. Which I uh, yeah, like hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, I haven't bothered watching the whole thing. You needn't. No, um, because people after the interview happened, there were headlines everywhere about yeah. a specific thing that was said in the interview. Yeah, and considering how. Just how everywhere this was, mm. I just thought like if there was anything else worth yeah that was clearly being the told yeah, yeah if there was anything yeah. else that we should have been told about they either would have included it in those articles or they would have written other articles about it mm-hmm. or it just doesn't if they all pale in the comparison to this one nugget of information yes that nugget of information being that uh, Meghan Markle was unhappy 
during her time with the royal family and the, like the big thing that came out was a she felt suicidal at a couple of points and b there were like conversations yeah the the two salient bits of that interview were yeah that she said she'd been suicidal mm. and that apparently someone in the family or yeah. connected with the family had raised concerns over how dark their baby would be yes now, this initially confused me. Okay. Because I, I'm being completely genuine when I say this. I had no idea she was mixed race. I also had no idea. Like, looking at her now, it's like, okay, she's like, she's not as pale as Harry. No. Well, but no. I mean, albinos aren't as pale as Harry. <laughs> but, you know, oh, fake tan. She's an actress. Yeah, she I just, fake she tan. had the California look. Yeah. I also didn't know. Full disclosure, I don't really care about these people. Which people? The royals, Harry, Meghan. Oh, I, no, I no. don't do that. That's yeah. celebrity worship bullshit. Mm. I, they're of no interest to me. No, she she was a a, a second rate actress mm. on a, on Suits, the show Suits, a recurring role, and then she married a prince. Mm. She is not interesting to me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I glimpsed online. Okay. I took a <laughs> I took a glimpse, uh, and uh, you know, as you'd expect, the polarization was ridiculous because mm. everything's political. Yes. But yeah, so what exactly did you want to know or ask about it? Well, like, um, the main thing that I was sort of... Like, in the wake of these um, conversations being revealed mm. by Harry and Meghan, a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, it's disgusting that these conversations were being had by the royal family and mm-hmm. all, like, the racism that was displayed to uh, towards Meghan Markle and, you know, the conversations about her children and... Mm. And there was like, I think there was like the Daily Mirror or something, like the headline was something like, oh, it's the worst um, tragedy to befall the royal family in 85 years, the fact that this is all coming. I'm just like, why are you all surprised? Yeah. Well, like, I'm not saying like the royal family is like, oh, you should expect racism from the British royal family. Mm. But this is a family who famously inbred Mm. For generations and generations, it was cousins sleeping with cousins, mm-hmm. like sisters and brothers, mothers and fathers. Like, well, well for mothers, th- mothers and fathers, I suppose, is all right. Yes, yeah. Um, for a thousand years. For a thousand years, they there was so much incest and inbreeding to keep their bloodline pure. Mm-hmm. So why is it yeah. such a shock that somebody said, somebody was having a conversation regarding how dark her baby skin color is going to be? I... Don't know if she's telling the truth. Okay. Okay. No one does. Okay. Crucially, no one does. Right. Other than the people, obviously, in in that circle. Yeah. I'll choose to believe her. Okay. okay? I'll, I'll just say this. If it turns out that... I mean, everything I'm going to say is pretty much in the article, but, you know, we okay. can expand on a few things. Mm-hmm. That these highly bred, rarefied atmosphere people were had no shred of bigotry... I'd be a bit surprised. Yeah. Yes. I expect. I'm going to say Prince Philip. <laughs> how, how 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 dark will the baby be? Yeah. It 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 wouldn't blow my mind. No. <laughs> no. Of course not. Because that that's the other thing as well. The royal family, they are uh, products, mm. aren't they? They're a tourist attraction. They yeah. are a, an image that needs to be maintained. Yeah. As part of the business that is the royal family you're going to have conversations about the image of the royal family. Mm-hmm. And that those conversations, inevitably, if you have a woman in the family who is going to have a baby and she's mixed race, mm-hmm. 
of course someone is going to say like, oh, maybe like the baby's skin being dark would, like that's going to change perceptions about the royal family. Yeah. Whether they, those perceptions be more positive or more negative. Yeah, I, you know, God knows what the truth of this is. Yeah. Um, what I interpreted as if someone raised so-called concerns over the, the melanin Do we know content. that it was framed as these conversations brought up because they were concerned that the baby would be that, I think that's what she said. Okay. Concerns were raised or something like that. Because I don't yeah, know... Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't just like a casual... Yeah, I don't know whether it yeah. was, oh, concerns were raised or yeah. these were just questions that were asked. Because if they were just questions, yeah. then they could have positive well, or negative as far as I understand, they were they both accused one person. I, I don't know how Yeah, and then like the following day, they said, oh, it's not the Queen. Just so we know, it's not yeah, the yeah, Queen it's and not it's not queen. Prince Philip. yeah. Oh, it's not him either, is it? Okay. I think, oh, Duke of... Is he the Duke of... Edinburgh, yeah. Edinburgh? Yeah, it's not him. Okay, Charles then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, what I interpreted it as was if the baby is a bit brown, mm. is it going to look like it's not your kid? Okay. That's what I would have thought, right? Because obviously the, Harry's... Harry and Will's father, well, Harry's especially, mm. has been an ongoing subject of dispute. Yes. Like, I can't remember the name of the guy, but, like, he's a spitting image of this guy that Diana was kind of... Yeah. So, that. Although they don't want to repeat history in that sense, right? No. And also, like, it can't be a matter of... Um, I haven't seen this, like, people are saying that this is what was implied by it. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if I'm arguing against the point that isn't the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a matter of, like, oh, we can't have a black person... No. ...being the king or queen of England, because Harry's children... And never going to be king or queen. No. Harry is never going to be king. No. He's so far down the pecking order at this point because William just can't stop getting Kate pregnant. <laughs> and they have so I, many. I don't kids. blame him. No, well, no. <laughs> I don't think anybody yeah. would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the amount of kids that they have at this point, and the rules have been changed recently as well. So it's not just his sons. Yeah. It's his daughters, daughters as, well. as well. Yeah. Would take the throne before Harry. Mm-hmm. So. It's, we're never going to have... If this baby is born or has was ever born... Because mm-hmm. the baby has been born, right? Like who, a couple of years ago now. Who, Harry's? Uh, is it Archie? Archie, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's pregnant again. She's pregnant again? Yeah. But, but were the conversations about Archie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, if Archie was darker-skinned. Mm-hmm. Either dark-skinned or just darker-skinned mm-hmm. than the rest of the royal family. A bit Mediterranean. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter in the context. Like, he's never going to be... On- on the throne. No, no, no. And obviously, we're not advocating any of this anyway. Obviously, it's just like either disgusting or a stupid thing to no, ask. No, no, no. Like, My point was going to be so it's not a matter of like, oh, we have to think about what the future king is. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's just, it's just, it's literally just the image of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, okay, I, I don't recommend you watch the interview. The, the, the overriding sense of it for me was this, was sanctimony. Okay. And um, insincerity. From both of them, both of them. Okay, I know that these kinds of interviews they do just have that kind of whiff of bullshit about the men away. Yeah. It's all a facade. Well, a lot. I think people have brought up the irony of it all, haven't they? Like the whole point of them um, uprooting and going to America and away from the royal family was they didn't want to be in the public eye. Yeah, they wanted to have. Oh, they yeah. wanted their life to be their own, and now they're doing interviews. He's got like Spotify, podcast deals on Spotify. Netflix. I mean. In, I say in fairness to the guy, but like this guy, his entire working life, he's mm. served in the military, right? I think so, yeah. And he can't serve in the American military. No. And he was a member of the royal family, so he's not trained in anything. No, look. So what possible yeah. job could he get? 
I have absolutely no qualms about him and Megan wanting to leave all that. Like, no, no, yeah, of fair, fair play. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about the royal family. You mm. know what I mean? They they mean nothing to me. How very modern, I suppose. But that's the thing. How very modern. They mean nothing to anybody. You know, of a certain age. Yeah. But they still want to bring it down. They still want it. It's not. What does it cost you? Yeah. Other than tax money. But I actually was reading because I was writing this article. I was like, what is the benefit? The the kind of the the monetary benefit of the royal family. And they far outweigh the cost. Oh, yeah. I saw far. a video. I think it was, like, in school. Not even university. Like, in school. Mm-hmm. Um, the royal family were brought up in a class or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about. But a, a discussion came from it. And a lot of people were complaining about... I think even the teacher was complaining about, like, how much the royal family costs. Yeah. It's like it costs £4 million of the taxpayers' money just for them to serve their lifestyle. And what do mm-hmm. they do for us? They don't even run the country. And yeah, I saw a video on it. It's like, yeah, they cost us four million, but they mm. earn like much, much more than that. Yeah, ridiculous. As, as a tourist attraction, they bring in so much money into the economy. Yeah, like Chinese. I found out weirdly Chinese people in particular will buy things if like the queen <laughs> right. wears them or okay. anything that looks like something. She, like there's a weird fascination with English royalty. Mm. And we know that anyway, because Americans are obsessed with English royalty. Well, I mean, how many... There are plenty of countries out there that still have monarchs. Yeah. But, like, with the the, the history mm-hmm. that the British monarchy has, and also just sort of, like, the given, like, the, the, the place that the British Empire used to, like, how far-reaching the British Empire used to be, and how prestigious it used mm-hmm. to be. Um, finish my point for me, Sam. I don't know. Okay. Well, my, my point yeah. is going to be it's probably one of the more, more iconic yeah, yeah, royal yeah. families in the world. Yeah. So and uh, did a little bit more research into it. Turns out it, it might just be an example of correlation, not causation. Hmm. But constitutional monarchies are the happiest, freest, the most just countries in the world. Okay, empirically. Oh, okay. So the top countries in the world are Norway, Finland. Iceland. I was going to say, isn't like yeah. Norway the happiest country yeah. in the world? And they've all got kings and queens. Right. All have kings and queens. So they have now, kings that and makes- queens that run the country. No, no, constitutional monarchy. So right, what okay. we've got, basically. Yeah, yeah. They've got prime ministers and they've got kings and queens. Yeah. And now Stephen Fry pointed this out. Royalty is rationally stupid. Yes. But empirically, something's working. Yeah. And he said, like, in countries where there's no official separation of church and state, like here, mm. it's the most secular country, yeah. like, imaginable, you know? So there's something to be said for them. And, and they do hold a place in the architecture of the West. Mm. Like, you know, they the Blitz spirit. And I, I, I said, think you know, like, it seemed like everyone derived some relief from the Queen's We'll Meet Again broadcast. Yeah. You know? Everyone was kind of waiting for that. And it united people for a second. I think more people watch that than they do her speeches every year. Right. Like, they symbolize unity, national unity. Yeah. And they have their scandals who doesn't. And, you know, the family, it could, it could always improve. But again, what couldn't? Mm. There's a baby in the bathwater. Don't throw it out sort of thing. Yeah. The worst thing about the interview for me was she said, oh yeah, th- this racist was worried about how dark my baby was going to be. Mm. And, and then refuses to say who it is. Mm. Now she says, oh, it's to protect their anonymity. Bull fucking shit. Well, why- you can't make a claim like that and then not clarify it. Because what it does, in my opinion, is by being vague... It implicates everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not one bad egg. It's no. the entire system that she's and, and that is by design. I would put money on it. Yeah. That, that is a tactic. It's like a murder mystery party where you know only one person's the killer, but everyone's kind of under suspicion. Yeah. 
I think that's kind of despicable. Like, if you're going to make a claim like that, fucking tell us who it is. Because mm. now we just... We're left to infer a vague web yeah, like, of systemic discrimination. Yeah, the whole discrimination. royal family is now racist. Yeah. And there was, there was a, quite a lot of that, of kind of... Because she would kind of falsify reticence. Like, I, I don't know if I should tell you that. Start a thought. Oh, and why go, are you I don't with this fucking you. interview if you're not going to tell us anything? It's, you know, oh, and they, they didn't look at the questions. It wasn't vetted. Mm. Trust me, Jordy, watch it. It's one of the most <laughs> stage-managed interviews <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Ever. Mm. And it showed they had some chickens they'd saved from a battery farm. <laughs> I said the whole thing. It was just an opportunity for them to kind so of... She, she was like petting like stray dogs. Like, we've saved him yeah. from abusive family. Well, she said... Okay. I know the thing about her being honest about her suicide... what, what uh, Suicidality. Mm. Everyone's saying how brave and courageous she is. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> not having it. Not having it. This thing. It, it is brave. Not brave. That's an abused word. Good for you for seeking help. If you feel that way. Yeah. Right? Mm. We all think that. Mm. And I believe it. I'm not one of these people that's skeptical about it. Fine, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'll take it at face value. But she calls... She says... She discloses that information. And then she says, it takes so much courage to come forward when you need help. She's ascribing courage to herself. Yeah. I'm like, what, do you want me to like you? Like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> it was that. And then she said, um, like, Oprah compared it to a fairy tale romance between her and Harry hmm. and at the end of the interview she says it's better than any fairy tale romance you've ever read right like, right <laughs> the whole thing was just an opportunity for them to cast themselves as messiahs yeah like, we are the modern wokesters that got away from them yeah you know mm. we are the inspiration to all these people mm. and that's the thing again I I, yeah. only, I only watched it because I was I wondered what was so fucking damn interesting about it. Yeah. And it's not that interesting. It's not interesting at all. The only interesting thing is is in literally every headline at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't bother watching it. It's glad yeah. I'm glad that I didn't now. Yeah, yeah. If if it's as dull as you're saying, I'm glad yeah. I didn't wa- I waste my time watching the interview. Weird timing. Like didn't they like separate from the royal family years ago? Yeah, I'm not sure what's It's weird that the it. tell and tell all interview is happening now, especially if there's as like the the revelations were as urgent as oh there's systemic racism in the royal family which is what they're implying. Well, okay, so again, I don't pay any attention to this stuff. I think I heard a couple of weeks ago my grandfather told me that royals, uh, sorry, people that had worked servants and stuff that had worked for Meghan uh, were making allegations of abuse. Right now, this could either have been a preemptive measure because they knew an interview was coming out, right, or the other way around. Like the interview was done because of those allegations. So it's the shift focus from okay. So I right. wouldn't be surprised. It's a PR war at this point. Yeah. Um, I think the Queen broke her silence today. I don't really know what she said. Oh, okay. That's the thing. I, I'm not. It's so perverse. It's like the Marvel films. I'm not interested. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting. It's you know the kind of the public social mm. nature of it. Yeah, and I was just um, the thing that caught my attention was the. Like I said, it's the surprise that everybody seems to have. The, like, um, or like the shock, I suppose. The shock that, oh, there was somebody in the royal family who was talking about yeah. how dark her baby was going to be. It was like, of course. Yeah, I That's the least surprising thing. Yeah. Like, okay, there are conversations to be had about whether that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. In a, like, I'm sure as a mother, yeah. you don't want to hear somebody say, asking you, like, is your baby going to be dark-skinned? Because I'm worried that might yeah. be problematic. But when you're... When you put that in the context of the royal family, mm. which, as I said, they're not—they're they, not just a family that has a history of inbreeding for the sake of purity. Mm. They are an image. Yeah, they are a product that is sold worldwide. Mm-hmm. 
it's not surprising to me at all. No. And it's something that I'm... Su- like, I don't know what Megan's reaction to that was. I don't know whether this is, like, this was framed as one of the things that was, like, motivating her suicidal thoughts or whether it was just something that she was generally outraged by. So, but okay. She, I, I'm su- If she wasn't expecting that, I'm surprised she wasn't. She kind of brought that up apropos of nothing. Mm. Oh, by the way, afterwards she says, oh, I never intended... Oprah says to her, you've said quite a few shocking things today. And she said, I never intended on saying anything shocking. Uh, okay. Right, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, she she says that. Um, and then both her and Harry allude to, like, racism playing a part in the press's treatment of her. Okay. Stuff like they never say what they mean. No. Which, which achieves the same thing as pointing out this uh, anonymous yeah, what? skin botherer. They, they kind of go, oh, yeah, you know, it was all this racism and... Um, Megan opened my eyes to unconscious bias, Harry says. Uh, and that was disgusting. Oh, like, she's got Harry now. A as well. royal using words like unconscious bias. Like, yeah. Not the royal family. <laughs> like <laughs> well, some things have to well, be. Well, he's not royal family anymore. No, okay, fair he, enough. So, yeah. you know. He's been kicked out. Um, but yeah, yeah. What, what, how would the press, the press's treatment of her, an indication of racism? Look, I don't know. I don't know. Because they've said. I feel that, like the press treated her fairly well, right? No, I don't think so. Oh, no? I don't. God knows. Like, I don't know. My I, memory of, like, is because we had William and Kate. That was, like, everywhere yeah, all the time. I think that's the thing. Like, it's. it's com- she and Harry are apparently compared unfavorably to those two. Okay, but it was on the heels of William and Kate. Yeah. And we, like, I think generally the, the opinion of the public, not necessarily the people who are, you know, pro-royal and mm. are really into the royal family, but I think a lot of people's thoughts were, like, we've, we've just done this already. Yeah. I care less about Harry and Meghan, not because I care less about them as people mm-hmm. or because she's mixed race or anything mm. like that. It's just like, we've already done William and Kate. Yeah. Like, they're on their, like, first or second child by now. I'm sort of done with this. We've right, done I'm William not interested and Kate, by it. And there was the whole thing of Kate kind of embodied um oh she's the new Diana. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good looking young woman who's very good at that job. And like Megan was different in the sense that not only is she mixed race, which mm. was never something that I think was ever brought to my attention. Never knew. Because I I genuinely didn't yeah. know. But the big thing was that she's American, right? Yeah. It's like an, an outsider. Amer- it's yeah. more the Simpson, basically. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's an American um making her way into the hearts of yeah. the royal family. Kate was an outsider as well. Not American. No. But that was the big thing with Kate and William, wasn't it? Is that yeah. she was not she's not royal. Yes. Yeah. But she is managing to attain that status anyway. So yeah. even though Megan is American, it's literally the same thing. It's like this outsider mm. falling in love with a member of the royal family and it's the same story, in. yeah. We've yeah. seen it next kind of thing. Tell you what, that was another little, it was almost funny really, but kind of disgusting, <laughs> is uh, she was saying, oh, you know, and I know from being mixed race. And that, I think that was the first point I went, oh, are you? Yeah. Um, I know from being mixed race how important it is to see people like you in positions of power because it makes you think, oh, I can be that then. Right. I gotta say, I call bullshit on that, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's important to see people like you in positions of power. And that's why... You know, I'm basically an inspiration to all these kids that I go with. And it cuts, to, it cuts to her, right? With a group of African kids. <laughs> right. right. Black African kids. Okay. As overlaid dialogue, her saying, it's important that people who look like you are in positions of power. Right. I was like, oh yeah, I'm really sure those black kids looked at what they thought was a white lady. Yeah. 
what do you know what I mean because that's the thing I'm, I'm sick of it and this is the kind of thing I usually would have skirted around but I wrote yeah. about it as well the light mixed race admittedly but light skinned and easily could pass for white Meghan Markle is not a racial trailblazer for Ugandan kids no it's not happening alright it's just the self grandiosity of it and the Oh yeah, they love. They clearly love did themselves. Did she say that? That's why I'm such an inspiration. I don't know if she said that's why, but she did say it's important that I'm an inspiration to people like that because they need to see someone who looks like me. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. Trust me, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right. It does not come across as like the little. But she said that she uh, had the blues and wanted to cut herself, and so we're supposed to love her. Yes. Well, that's how. You, that's how you do it, isn't it? Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Sick of it. Sick of it. <laughs> So that's the takeaway for Okay, uh, all right. So um, black people we've offended. We've offended people who were suicidal. Chinese people. People with cancer. Trans people. Trans people. Uh, Apes. Apes. And apes. We've had them. Well, you said that. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, right. Well, should we end on a review then? Yes, okay. Okay. Um, Oh, God, this... uh, I'm looking at the title of the film and realizing there's one more group left to. Uh, oh yeah, I thought like, oh great, <laughs> a review will end uncontroversially. <laughs> we're not for the fact that the film we're going to be reviewing is yeah. Promising Young Woman. Yes. Uh, okay, I have a question actually. Ask. Um, that'll sort of like bring us into the review. I was not going to watch this film. No. You asked me to watch this film. I did. So that we could talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Why did you ask me to watch this film, Sam? Okay, so I asked you to watch the film for. Well, one reason, really. Yeah. And that was, I had a certain expectation of what the film was going to be. Okay. And the film wasn't quite that. Okay. And given its subject. Yeah. It's the kind of thing we would usually talk about and how it was represented and handled. Okay. And it's an awards contender. So, and, you know, and it's an easy watch. It's not like me asking you to watch, I don't know, the 40-year-old version or something. Okay. So it seemed like an easy film that we could... Well, I say easy. <laughs> an accessible film that we could review for okay. the podcast. Because I did worry about that, I suppose. I thought, like, oh, I'm only watching this so we can talk about its subject matter. No. Like, the film itself is sort of irrelevant. That, that's yes. what I was... Like, like yeah. oh, you know, the film itself is whatever, but you're watching it because of the subject. I will say, if the subject matter had been... I aligned more with my expectations. Mm. I would be less. I would be more reticent to talk about it because okay. we've said it all before. But it's because of its approach that you're because of its approach and because I was surprised. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was surprised in the sense that this is a film. Yeah. Um, I was worried that it wouldn't be a film mm-hmm. it, for two reasons. We've brought up multiple times about propaganda disguised as films mm-hmm. on this podcast. I feel like a couple of pro- you brought a couple of films to my attention in reviews. Yeah. Where you've said that like. It's clear from the beginning. I can't think of an example. You'll have to tell me of an example. But it was clear from the beginning that they knew how the film was going to end. Right. They knew what message they wanted to convey. And everything in that film is working to get that message across. Whether yeah. it's, you know, the message that uh, black women are oppressed mm-hmm. or um, similar messages. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. don't know. But yeah, like they're propaganda parading as films. Mm-hmm. So I was worried it was going to be a case of that. But I was also worried it was going to be a case of the film itself is nothing to write home about. It's Mm -hmm. unremarkable. It's not that interesting. It's not even well made. Mm -hmm. But because of its subject matter, people are applauding it anyway. Yeah. So I was in for a rough watch, but I was supposed to like it because of what it was about. Sure. You know? Um, And I don't feel like either is true. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Very interesting. 
Do you want to uh, okay. introduce it a bit? So, yeah, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's a film written and directed by Emerald Fennell, who I think was the showrunner for the second season of Killing Eve. Okay. And she's an actress that's in The Crown, I think. Okay. Tied it all together. Um, yeah, and it's about a young woman played by Kerry Mulligan, a promising young woman. Um, uh. Yeah, who... Her MO basically is to pretend to be blackout drunk in nightclubs, mm. pick up good Samaritan guys that want to look after her. Mm. They end up taking her back to their place and kind of um, verging on taking advantage of her. Mm. And then she kind of snaps out of her facade and reveals that she's uh, sober and knows what they're doing and basically just gives them a dressing down and like, look at yourself, you know? Yeah. And you kind of find out the reasons behind all that as the film goes along. I guess we should talk about that, right? Well, oh, is this going to be a spoiler review? Because if you are going to talk about it, we should yeah. put a, dis- a spoiler disclaimer. Okay, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert then. Okay. Uh, Do we recommend it? The if film? We, yeah, if we're going to... Or is that is that... That's the end, right? That's what we're building to. That's what we're building to. I, I just like, if people are genuinely going to heed our spoiler warning, mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like there's much else they can hear about the film without spoilers very true I'm looking at my notes and you need to know what's going on yeah, yeah. which I guess is why like if you genuinely can't listen to this if you mm-hmm. are heeding spoilers yes. you're not going to know what we think of it okay in that case um, I'm not going to say whether it's a recommendation or not Okay, but I will say go watch it then if you're worried about spoilers go and watch it okay alright now spoilers spoilers you find out that her best friend was raped in college yeah. And then committed suicide. Mm. And she, Carrie Mulligan's character has been doing that. What's her name? Because I can't keep saying Carrie Mulligan. Uh, Cassie. Cassie. Uh, and she's been doing this ever since. And, you know, the film twists and turns along that path. Now, I thought going into it, given the trailer, that it was going to be an irritating uh, female empowerment film. Yeah. And I weirdly cultivated the impression that she was, like, killing the guys. Or- yeah, I thought so as well. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen other people talk about it maybe Red Letter Media said that they thought it was going to be her killing people maybe the trailer was cut to kind of suggest that sort of thing well I feel like her nurse outfit is um, it's got like a comic booky sort of uh, thing about it yeah there's like that image of her in the nurse outfit and she's like taking the tools out of her bag yeah and there's like crosses in her notebook yeah I mean the very beginning of the film it's designed to imply that she killed the guy right yeah because she does that thing where she's pretending to be blackout drunk Mm -hmm. he goes down on her, yeah. Um, takes her underwear off, and then she sort of snaps at him and goes, what are you doing? Yeah. Cut to her walking down the street with like what looks like blood mm-hmm. on her legs, and then you pan up and she's just eating a burger. Yes. It's all messy. Yeah. So for that brief window of time, you're supposed to think, oh, she's killed him. Yeah. And then you realise. Yeah, so hasn't. the trailer is kind of hoodwinking you as yeah. well, you know? Yeah. Um, Not cynically, right? Yeah. <sighs> I wouldn't put it past it, just but yeah, it's a it's an easy thing to pull in the crowd, isn't it? Yeah, she kills the guys. Away. It's probably an easier sell than oh, she's just gonna like give them a stern give, give them a stern talking yeah. to. Yeah, yes. So I don't blame they, they do this all the time. Yeah, they made Drive look like Fast and the Fucking Furious. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I thought it was gonna be that sort of film, killing the guys, and I thought I would find her character odious when I was meant to be rooting for her. Yeah. That sort of thing. And yeah. yeah, it wasn't that at all. Um, it's a bit of that. A bit of a that. A bit. But a very bit. A very bit. I feel like bit. they balance it. Oh, yeah. Which is what I was not expecting was the balance. Well, okay. So early on in the film, she meets Bo Burnham. Yeah. Um, playing a character. 
Uh, well, oh, it wasn't that a novelty? Yeah, it was a novelty, yeah. He does a little piano song in it. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it's Bo Burnham. It's Bo Burnham. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, and he went to college with her and they meet at the coffee place where she works mm. and she spits in his coffee. Yeah. What's the context? Does he say, oh, I want it with spit or something like that? Um, he says something that upsets her or offends her. Yeah. And she makes it known. Mm. And he's like, oh, you can spit in my coffee. I want, I deserve that. And then she does. And then she actually does. And he drinks it. Yeah. And that's early on. And I thought, oh God, this is what I'm in for. Mm. We're like the only decent man is someone who is willing to drink the spit. Yeah. I thought, you know, that kind of submissive and deferent. But no, not. No, no. Like there are moments in the film where um, that shifts somewhat. And it's Carrie Mulligan who's sort of um, having to suck up to Bo Burnham a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like when they enter a relationship, Mm. she becomes like a girly girl. Like the montage of them together. Right. That montage. Yeah. Did you think that was fake? Did you think she was imagining that? I don't know. Okay, because when that happened... I should clarify, I saw this, like, New Year. Oh, right, okay. So, I've literally just seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it like before I came ago. today. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's after... That's sort of the second act. Like, she's given... She's left that life behind, right? Yes. Where she's, like, given the guys... Because it's, it's interrupting her relationship with Bob Burnham. Mm-hmm. She goes at... She goes out, she picks up a guy, she's walking away from the club, she sees Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham sees her, and he's like, okay, you're clearly not interested in the relationship, I'm not in for this. Yeah. Go live whatever life you want. So she goes back to his apartment and she's like, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. it won't happen again. She doesn't tell him why she was there, but she says, like, it won't happen again. Mm -hmm. And You know, that's honest. So when she's in the coffee shop and Bo Burnham comes to see her... And they, like, embrace, and this, like, really cheesy music starts playing. Yeah. And there's this very earnest montage of them, like, a typical rom-com montage of them, like, giggling and, like, you know, being in bed together, and they're laughing in public, Mm -hmm. and it felt like, okay, this is so earnest and... On the nose. On the nose. This has to be imaginary. Right, I'd have to rewatch it to recontextualize it. Mm. I think my thought at the time was it's either imagining yeah or like kind of hyperbolizing how what what's really happening so that that stuff is kind of happening but yeah. she, it's more you in know, her mind it's in so her mind much it's glossy okay. yeah. right. or it's just depicted that way almost like breaking the mise en scene it, it's not tourist comment it's taking the piss out of rom-coms yeah okay so it's one of those two, right? Right. Yeah, I don't think what we're watching. Yeah, because I feel like their relationship up until that point has been depicted as kind of um, they're not like being nice to each other. It's re- it's sort of realistic. Yeah, I it's guess. realistic. Yeah. Like Bo Burnham is is nice. Yeah, he's a nice he's a guy. nice guy. But like they're swearing at each other, and obviously she's spatting his coffee, and they're yeah. like insulting each other, mm-hmm. and they're not being nice to each other. No. Whereas yeah. that sequence is very typically rom com where they're just laughing and embracing, and it's so yeah. Innocent and earnest. I, I thinking about it. I suppose it's her mind, isn't it? Because uh, also to lull you into a false sense of security before what comes next. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably her, that, right? Okay. This is how happy she is. Yeah, yeah. This is how her life is, you know, um, appearing in her head. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't as misandristic as I expected it would be. No, um, she is more likable than I expected. I take no objection to giving creeps a stern talking to. No. Like, I'm fully... That's fine by me. And they are... Um, they are creeps. They are creeps, yeah. They're, they're not just nice guys that, like, are trying to help her. Yeah, I they do feel like advantage. the film makes a distinction between... 
because uh, there aren't many men in the film. No. And most of the men in the film are these creeps. Yeah. But I do feel like the film makes a distinction, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for example, Clancy Brown is in the film. He, he plays her father. He does. And isn't he just the nicest man? He is. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he, again, he's sort of almost hyperbolically nice. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it's just the case of they had literally no idea what to do with him. So they just made him as like nice and inoffensive as possible. It was probably to show that it's it's not a personal thing that it comes from her upbringing or her dad yeah, because like that. that's the thing. Like both of her parents are in the film, yeah. And I think if she was living with a single parent, mm-hmm. or if the parents didn't feature at all, it would imply a, a, a trauma. Yeah, or, a trauma yeah, yeah. that's motivated all of this. So the, I, it's almost as if those parents are there just to show that this is all on her. Yeah, this entirely. has nothing to do with her upbringing. This is yeah. just all come about in Cassie's mind. Yeah, because she's sort of in a. She's stunted, isn't she? She is kind of um, arrested development. Yeah, she's still living at home. She's in her thirties, right? She's in her thirties. Yeah. Like her, she has her thirtieth birthday in the film. Yes, she didn't even know it was her birthday. Yeah, yeah. Because she's so single-mindedly pursuing this uh, hobby, I guess, yeah. of like yeah. dressing down guys who are trying to take advantage of her. She's still living at home with her parents. She's working in a menial job at a coffee shop. Yeah, people are trying to give her up, like the. Her boss in the coffee shop is like, there's a job in corporate you could go for if you want. And she's like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Bo Burnham asks to date her and she's like, I don't want to date guys. Mm-hmm. The parents give her a suitcase like as a birthday present so she'll move out and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to do it. So yeah, she is just not... Yeah. Mo- like after her best friend died, yeah. she stopped. That's trapped her. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, enacting revenge upon actual rapists, fine by me as well. Mm. You know, I don't have any... Yeah. So again, pleasantly surprised. What did you think of the twist? The Bo Burnham twist? Yeah. Okay. I was worried a bit. Yeah. Um, because Bo Burnham is set up to be like the exception to the rule, mm-hmm. right? That's the film's exception to the rule, is that he is genuinely a nice guy. Yeah. Like, there's a scene in the film where um, they end up outside his apartment and he's like, oh, look, it's my apartment. Do you want to come up for a drink or something? Mm-hmm. And you can sort of see the Carrie Mulligan is right. She kind of shifts gears. Mm-hmm. So initially she was enjoying herself, but she's like, okay, now I'm going to have to do the thing right. Yeah. Pretend to be out of it so I can give him a talking yeah. to. But he detects that she's not into it. So he's immediately like, oh, no, actually, I, I can see that this is, you don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Let's just forget I asked. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, he's not going to take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. And then the twists and like really spoilers if you mm-hmm. haven't, you know. The rape of her best friend, she finds out that it was recorded. Yeah. She gains access to the recording and she sees that Bo Burnham was present mm-hmm. at the rape. Yes. Because the rape was performed in front of multiple people yeah. and then that recording was sent out. Yeah. So Bo Burnham did not participate in the rape, but he was present at the scene and he did not stop it. Mm-hmm. So that got me worried. Yeah. I was like, oh, it, it is going to be like all men. All men suck. All men suck. Yeah. That's what this is going to be. Yeah. Did you feel like, obviously, because after that she does, she, she's mournful of it. She's genuinely like, yeah. oh God, why him? Yeah. But she then confronts him about it and blackmails him with the footage. I just think it's and too easily read as all men suck. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not saying the film believes that, but you know, I, I thought there was a better twist in there. Mm. I think we talked about this. So, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you've told me about it. Yeah. Tell, tell the audience. Yeah. I quite like the idea. So Alison Breeze in the film playing uh, a friend, a friend of hers from university, yeah, yeah. who didn't believe the girl. Yeah. Oh, very quickly as well, Alfred Molina 
pops up in the film. Oh, yeah. And her sparing him, I thought, was my first, like, oh, it's, it's all right. Yeah. It's going to be all right. Anyway, because yeah. he's basically a psychiatrist, right? The treated... A lawyer. A lawyer, sorry, that, that took her, case, her friend's case. He took... No, he took the case, but he was um, the defense for the guy, right? Was or, he? Or he was either the... No, no, he was representing the girl, but he, he like he let her down, basically, I think. Oh, I did, wasn't there a bit where he said like he was told he told the girl to let the case go or asked her to call it off? Yeah, yeah, because he was representing her. I, I don't think he was prosecuting. I don't think he was defending the guy. Okay, yeah. basically, yeah, whether yeah. he was defending her or prosecuting yeah, yeah. her, he made her do something that was not in her best interest. Yes, and has been racked with guilt ever since. Yes. Like his life is ruined because of it. Yeah. Uh, after her suicide. Yeah, so my idea with Alison Brie, there's a sequence in which uh, Carrie Mulligan kind of blackmails one of the guys that she previously called out and gets him, she gets Alison Brie, she spikes her drink, right? Mm. And gets the guy to take Alison Brie to a hotel room. Mm. Uh, not do anything to her, but she wakes up convinced that she's cheated yeah. on her husband. Right? Yeah. Or uh, that she's been taken advantage of. Or that of. she's been taken advantage of. Now, I thought a more appropriate twist would have been if the guy actually took advantage of her. Mm. And what that does, it implicates Kerry Mulligan. Yeah. Like, this whole thing of yours has noble intent, but if you start, like, it's spinning out of control. Yes. You've caused this now. These are the consequences. I don't know what what that does to the third act, but still, I just thought it was a bit, um, oh, really? We can't have Bill Burnham either? Do you Mm. know what I mean? Yeah. It's... uh, I mean, I love the ending as well. It's kind of a surprise ending. Yeah, that I was genuinely not expecting. Yeah. Because initially... Okay, these are really spoilers now. <laughs> it's like um, the final moments. Yeah, so yeah. she goes to Bo-, Bo Burnham. She blackmails him with the tape. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, tell me where... The guy who raped my friend, mm-hmm. he's getting married. Tell me where his bachelor party is. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you why. I just want you to tell me. And he does. Yeah. And he's like, can you ever forgive me for this? And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. And I did feel bad for Bo Burnham in that moment. Okay. And I don't know whether you're supposed to. Well, we we obviously, we never see the tape. No. We see her reaction to the tape. Yeah. So it's unclear. Well, I mean, to, just being any part of it is obviously... Oh, yeah. Over Especially for that character, there's no redemption for you at that point. No. But, but you know, there, yeah. yeah. It did make me sort of think that, like, all of these... There's these parallels in the in the sense that uh, people are being cancelled for tweets that they made ten years ago. Okay, so like, should he be judged entirely on? Yeah, like Bo Burnham does seem to be showing contrition. Contrition. Mm. He does seem to be showing remorse, and I don't know how it's supposed to be read. I don't know when he says because she says you were there, you were happy to watch at the time. He's like, I don't know what you mean. I never mm. was there. And then he hears himself on the tape. Yeah. So I don't know if that was him realizing that he'd been caught out mm-hmm. or him genuinely not remembering that he was there. I just got, yeah, I got the sense that he was just kind of a a dumbass, like, you know, frat boy. Yeah, or, he's probably like, just hanging out with the cool kids, right? It still would have been, I mean, we never would have been in a situation like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, at, yeah, at any point. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm not good, but I, I think if you were involved in something like that when you were 18, 19, mm. it maybe shouldn't impeach you for life. Mm. but it's tricky it is tricky and obviously his behaviour now yeah at this point in his life and in the years leading up to this point in his life if you you know after the Mm -hmm. tape was made he's not displayed any behaviour no suggesting that that is like that he is open to the idea of well there's got to be some road to forgiveness hasn't there if if you're involved in something like that at that age there's got to be something you can do or Mm. a way to live that at least balances yeah. that sort of stuff out. 
Yeah. That's probably, we've talked about this before in society now. There's no redemption narrative. No, there isn't. When someone does one little thing wrong, well, what they gone then? Purged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, do you want to talk about the ending? Yeah, so she goes to the bachelor party, mm-hmm. posing as a stripper, and this is where the, the iconic nurse outfit comes mm-hmm. into it. It's like, oh, good, we're finally there. Because <laughs> like, the whole film, there was no nurse outfit. No. It was like, okay, I thought she'd be wearing like <laughs> you weird outfits. Yes, okay. Like the nurse outfit. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. they saved it for the finale. Mm. And she goes to the house party, poses as the stripper, um, and the guy who did the raping, mm-hmm. he's not what you expect. No. Because the whole film, he's, like, set up as, like, this, you know, he raped my friend. Mm-hmm. He was this monster, this frat boy, you know, out of control. Mm-hmm. And then the stripper turns up and he's just like, oh, guys, no, no strippers. My yeah, wife's yeah. going to be, you know, he's completely uh, human and humble mm-hmm. and, you know. But she carries on with her plan anyway. Mm-hmm. And she spikes all of the other members of the bachelor party, takes him upstairs to the room, handcuffs him to the bed... And is like, you raped my friend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like if this film was propaganda, mm-hmm. then at that moment he would have like, you would have had like the villain turn, wouldn't you? Where he was like, yeah, I raped your friend and I would right. do it again because okay. I'm a man and I'm entitled to or whatever, you know, something a little less subtle. Yes. A little, no, a little more subtle. It could be less subtle. Oh, that's subtle, yeah. But the whole thing, he's like genuinely terrified of her mm-hmm. and he seems like, like, oh God, this horrible thing that's happened. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, it kind of has a dual effect, doesn't it? Of saying at once that it's a realistic portrayal. You know, someone who did something like that is also a human being and isn't mm. a monster in that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, 100% of the time. But also that everyone is dubious. Yeah. Every nice guy you know could have done something like that. Yeah. So it has that kind of dual effect, right? Mm. Which I think is, is its intention. And it's accurate. I mean, yeah. whatever we think of it. Like, um, this guy seems to have, like, whatever he was like in, in med school yeah. that led him to do this thing, he's clearly not that anymore. No, no. But but also, someone who was even a serial rapist might come across as a nice guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nuance. Yeah. Nuance. Nuance. Yeah. There's nuance playing out in Indeed. this scene. Um, so, yes, she her plan, seemingly, is to carve this girl's name into his body. Yes. Because he says, wherever she went your name hung around her. Mm-hmm. And that's why she was driven to do what she did. But it should be the, the, other, the other way around. Her mm-hmm. name should be carved into you. Mm-hmm. So a fight breaks out and he just with no idea what he's supposed to do. He ends up killing her. Yeah. Smothers her to death with a pillow. Uh, like in real time, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not a quick thing. You you are there. Mm-hmm. You are locked into that death sequence. Oh, yeah. Um, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's good that it sort of played out that way. Um, I, I really wish I remembered the, the specific point I was going to make because there is a reason that I was sort of um, explaining the ending I don't know I don't know we've Sorry, got a minute is... left until it gets to three hours okay well we're not going to wrap it up in a minute no okay um, there's a couple of minutes that are going to be going anyway okay alright um, so yeah I, I apologies if I'm bailing out of a point that I was trying to make but I genuinely can't remember it I will say though that uh, Joe this guy's best friend. Oh. Yeah. 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 Right? That's the real injustice of the film, is that this guy never gets called out on his, sh- on his shit. What, he's, he's Schmidt. He's Schmidt in New Girl. The show New Girl. I don't know. Okay. He was like the breakout character of the first season of New Girl. Okay. And he's exactly the same in Promising Young Woman. Oh, right. The way okay. he talks all of it. Because, the like I said, this guy is set up to be a monster. Yeah. And he's really not. He doesn't demonstrate monstrous traits. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like he's only killing her out of desperation. Mm-hmm. 
It's not like, oh, I need to kill you so this yeah, doesn't yeah. get out. It's like, dude, you're trying to kill me. Yes. I'm going to try and kill you back. Um, but Joe, like she mentions in that speech to him, like, oh, Joe used to drug people all the time back mm-hmm. in med school. And he comes across as this just incredibly lechy, like... He's, he's still a frat boy. Yeah, he's still yeah. a frat boy. He's a lechy guy. Yeah. When he discovers Carrie Mulligan's body next to his friend, Al, he's immediately like, we'll get rid of the body. Yeah. And when he's, like, burning <laughs> her in a pyre, yeah. he doesn't even flinch. Yeah. Like, he is still portraying... Like, they are portraying him as, like, the frat boy monster... Sociopath. Yeah. Sociopath that you were expecting this other guy to be. Yeah. And then at the end, when... Really, really spoilers now. <laughs> when Carrie Mulligan... It was like she puts things in motion. It becomes clear she, that she had accounted for the possibility of her death. Yes. yes. I think we're supposed to think that she was hoping it would go that way anyway, right? Yeah, like there's no coming out of this for her sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. this is my ultimate revenge. Yeah. Um that the guy who raped my best friend is finally going to be imprisoned. Mm-hmm. If not for her rape, then just for something. Yes. Uh, so it may as well be my death. Um and Joe runs away. Yeah. Implying that he won't face the consequences, even yeah. though he was the one who was like, we're going to get rid of the body. I feel like if the police had turned up to that scene, mm. then the guy, based on the behavior that he was exhibiting, I feel like he would have resigned himself to his fate. But it was Joe who talked him into yeah. disposing of the body and covering it up. <laughs> I think Joe is just kind of like the um, the guy, because he's not the guy. Yeah. He's the guy that you can afford to be a little less nuanced with. Yeah. You know, the, the Shane, if you will, of the early seasons of The Shield. Right, okay. You know what I mean? You need one that's just kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's because always... it's just too much labour to have all of them be like, oh no, what should we do? And yeah. You need someone who can just go, ah, yeah, fuck it. Let's burn yeah, yeah, burn the bitch. Yeah. Um, oh, we all know a Joe. Yeah, we all know a Joe, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, talk about nuance. Maybe you could say like, oh, that's, uh, you know, him getting away from the police at the end. It's, you know the wrong people that happens yeah that happens uh, yeah and sometimes the wrong people pay the price mm-hmm. you know we're, we're we're um calling out celebrities who are woke now but like 10 years ago they might have said something mm-hmm. controversial and we're cancelling them yet there are real racists out there mm. who are not getting called out yeah on their shit i don't know i mean i just or like you were mm, a bit dodgy mm. but like you were talking about saudi arabia at the beginning the mm. fact that there are real issues with like gender and they're, they're like opinions of women and homosexuals. But we're not calling them out on that. No. We're only calling out people in the Western world who are committing far less serious offences. Yes. So I don't think that's the film's intention, that that's what Joe is supposed to represent. No, but, well, but you, it's I mean, nice it's good that you got that from it. But I mean, it's, yeah, my point yeah. is that like the film accommodates for that. Yeah. I mean, I just... You'll have to remind me exactly. I know because she sends Bo Burnham a series of... Scheduled text. Yeah, right? I thought that that... Because it was clear, like, oh, this is, like, her final revenge. Her yes. final, final revenge. And I thought it was going to be directed at Bo Burnham. Okay. I thought she was going to release the video to the police. Yeah. It's like, that, he doesn't deserve... You know, he's not done great. Yeah. He didn't do a great thing, well, but you have to does he deserve me, this? They turn up and they, they arrest the groom. Yeah. Is that it? Yes, pretty much. And Joe runs away. And Joe Bo Burnham away. is kind of left in the middle. Yeah. Realising what's happening. Yeah, yeah. What is the final image? It's the text that says, um, you thought this was the end. Well, it okay. is now love is. from Cassie and Nina. And Nina is the name of Cassie's friend who right. okay. killed herself. I just got the, the, the triumphalism of that ending. We can infer that Schmidt gets caught. Joe, he gets caught. Okay. The guy's going to cave. He's not going to protect his friend. Yeah. 
Um, all of them, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, mm. um, you've got to assume that investigating that murder is going to unravel yeah. all of that stuff. So, yeah, that's a good point, though. They just showed Joe running away. I, I suppose, like, what can't... They're not going to arrest him, are they? Like, in that mm. moment, because they only know about yeah. this one guy. But, yeah, I feel the film would have had a slightly more grim tomba to it if we were meant to think that Joe gets off scot-free. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's in jail. No, fine. no, yeah. yeah. But just in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I feel like... Or sequel. <laughs> or a sequel, yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, like, that's sort of one of the things I like about the film is that it's um, balanced enough mm-hmm. that you could come away with an interpretation like that. Yeah, sure. It's not clear that this is just female empowerment. No. If anything, like, parts of it feel almost like a cautionary tale Mm -hmm. of uh, female empowerment. (laughs) What I mean by that is that, like, Carrie Mulligan is an empowered woman. Mm -hmm. She's putting herself in these immensely dangerous situations where she's giving all of the power to the men. Mm -hmm. But she is able to wrestle all of that power back and come out on top in that situation. Mm -hmm. Like, these men crumble. Mm-hmm. At the sight of this empowered woman. That guy in the fedora literally runs away crying, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you ruined everything! And he yeah, runs away. Is that Christopher Mintz Plass, is in it? I think it? so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's incredibly empowered, mm-hmm. but at the cost of everything. Well, yeah, it's the wrong kind of power, isn't it? It's the wrong it's, kind of power. Kind of... And it's all, it's all consuming power. Like, she yeah. does this. She can't, like, while doing this, she can't have a career. Mm-hmm. She can't have a love life. She can't move on from, you know, her parents' house. Admittedly, she doesn't want to. No, no. But, but I mean, she is single-mindedly pursuing being, you know... Well, it's neurosis. It's kind of a this. mental illness almost, isn't it? It's mm. neurosis. It's a psychological issue. Mm. Like, what she's doing is not a good thing. Yeah. You might vicariously like it. Yeah. And it's not like... It's and the a- fact that she effectively wins at the end means that we're not supposed to outright, like, disappoint No, like, so, like I said, I, I can't take much issue with... What she does, other than putting herself in a dangerous predicament, mm. but it's not a good, it's not a healthy thing to do with your life, is it? No, you know, and go film, go be a lawyer or something. Yeah, and the film, yeah. it feels like the film is saying this is not healthy. Yeah, because she's capable. Like she was studying medicine. Right? She is a promising young woman. Exactly, it was a promising. Yeah, young woman. go be a lawyer. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, no, definitely a lot better than I expected. And of mm. course, BAFTAs are out. To, uh, nominations are out today. Oh yeah, and she isn't nominated. She's not nominated. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? Black. Look at the nominees, yes, George. Yes, it yeah. is genuinely that. Yeah. Because it should be noted as well. Like, it's not just, like, pure cynicism on our part. No, not this Carrie year. Mulligan yeah. is a British actress. So we've said, right, that the Oscars and the BAFTAs, they're basically identical. Mm. With But with the BAFTAs, a couple of British actors swap out maybe the American ones, you know? Mm. Films didn't land as well here. So, like, Hillbilly Allergy... Glenn Close might get nominated at the Oscars. Yeah. But a film like that wouldn't really... Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's like that every year. This year, the Oscars are going to look basically nothing like the BAFTAs. Mm. Like the best director list is bizarre. It's arbitrary. It's totally random. I didn't know a lot of them. Yeah. Right. No, no, not even Regina King. No. No David Fincher. No. No Aaron Sorkin. No. None of them. Yeah. You know? it's, it's Thomas Vinterberg for another round. Okay. Yeah. You know? It's the director of Rock, Sarah Gavron for Rocks. Yeah. Yeah, really, really strange. But yeah, Carrie Mulligan is a British actress. British actress, so they've got that British bias. Yeah. She's won other awards. Yeah, for this role. For this role. She's been nominated for every meaningful award for this film. Yes. Um, 
The subject of the this subject film. of this film and the film itself is doing really well. Yeah, it's not like just the the, the film is getting nothing and that performance in every other category or you know in, in, for which it's eligible. Yeah, it's racking up serious nominations. Mm. So yeah, the only explanation is diversity. I think the fact that I googled you said to me when I came here today is like, have you seen the BAFTA nominations? It's like, mm-hmm. oh no. So I googled them and the first thing I saw was a BBC article with the headline, um, incredibly diverse nominations or wonderfully diverse or something like that. I would be interested to know how the BAFTA voting works because I said this to you that obviously they get the screeners or they're just meant to have seen the films. I think ultimately they just watch what they want to watch anyway. Yeah. And you're telling me that more people wanted to watch another round um, or rocks than Promising Young Woman? Yeah. No, more people. And like, again, she's the easy choice. It's a good performance and there's a precedent. She's at every other awards been nominated for every other award. Yeah. So there must have just been like a memo, but it wouldn't be a memo, would it? No. It would have been like a, a wink wink. Wouldn't it be good if we were diverse this year? Yeah. Wouldn't that just, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah, vote for who you want. Yeah. Vote but for whoever you be, want. I just, I, I, I really think that this year, a lot of we're going to see a lot of great young, yeah. you know, black actresses yeah. or a lot of uh, black directors getting nominated. Yeah. I don't know what you think, but I certainly think that's going to happen. And this is the result. Yeah. And the BAFTAs was kind of like pretty much the only awards. I mean, I quite liked the BAFTAs, mm. especially when Stephen Fry presented it. Yeah. But it's like we did it without all the shit of the Oscars. Mm. We just got on with it. Mm. You know, one musical number, one in memoriam, crack on with it. Yeah. That was that was the BAFTAs. And now it's just this shit. Like, I remember like Stephen Fry's speeches where he was just like... <laughs> Ripping the audience. Ripping the yeah. audience, but in an overly effusive manner. Yeah. Like he was so, he was complimenting them to such degree that it came back around to being It was insulting. taking the piss. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to, I think you had to be a certain type of person. That, Hollywood actors would not know that he was taking the piss. No. No. Well, they, well, they probably genuinely think like, oh, the British man is complimenting yes. me. When it was in reality, he's like, you are so brilliant. <laughs> it's insulting. Like it's that kind of, <laughs> it hurts. that yeah, yeah. tombra, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of um, implication. Uh, so yeah, ridiculous. She wasn't nominated. Yeah, uh, I think it's got a shot at winning original screenplay at the Oscars. Okay, I think it's between that and Chicago Seven. I would give it to Chicago Seven. As but, would I. But still, I wouldn't hate it if it won. Okay. Um, I think that's it. So for those who uh, stuck around for spoilers, yes. Now can we say whether we recommend it? Or not? Okay. Um. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Not? Yeah. I was expecting a lot worse. I didn't get. Uh, a lot worse. Yes. The film, yeah, the film looks good. It moves good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Well, you it's can tell, fun. you can tell it's 25 past two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking like, oh, yeah. do I, do I go into, because I always try and do that. I always try and avoid, I don't always succeed. I know I don't always succeed, mm-hmm. but I never want to just do the broad generalizations. Like, oh yeah, the acting's good. The acting's yeah, good yeah. and the cinematography looks good. I always kind of want to give examples. Mm-hmm. I always want to sort of justify the points that I'm making. But it's like, I don't, I don't want to risk going on another 20 minutes. Okay, I'll just, just talking say, about, given that know. it's not a genre, uh, kind of comic book inflected almost revenge movie, mm. and it's basically a drama mm. of people talking to each other, <laughs> Yeah, it moves along like a thriller. It does. And it does have that element to it, obviously. Yeah, I was surprised but, how quickly, because there's no origin story moment. No. It's like, no. you see the first time she was taking advantage of, so she's like, from here on out, I, I vow mm. to... No, no, the first scene is her doing the thing that yes. we'll come to know her to do. Yeah. And we go into the next one fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. So it does move along at a fair old lick. 
But it doesn't feel like it's rushing either. No. Good performance. Yeah, good performance. Oh, there was that one journalist who said, like, oh, I don't think she's attractive enough to play this role. And that caused its own little... Oh, fuck, that right, caused okay. its own furore, like, how dare you, sir, and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Has he seen Carrie Mulligan? <laughs> I mean, you know. I won't say no. <laughs> no. she's She looks older than she did in Blink. Well, she is. She is older <laughs> than she is. But, like, I, I, I don't know what the last thing I saw Carrie Mulligan in was. Obviously, Blink came out in 2007. The Dig. Oh, I, I don't know if I saw The Dig. <laughs> I think that came out after Promising Young Woman anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, when I initially saw Karen Mulligan, I was like, oh, she looks older. Yes. But then, but then, like, a moment passed and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter, though. <laughs> it doesn't change what I think about <laughs> Yeah. So, like, very, 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 very briefly going back to Bad Genius. Okay. Um, most of the people in the show are far less attractive than their film counterparts. Sure. But they're Asian, so you still would. Well, no, here's the thing. Although I will say in in a couple of cases, like mm. with uh, Pat, for example, Pat is sort of, he's the rich kid. He's the son of like a hotel, a man who owns a, an empire, hotel mm-hmm. empire. So he's got money coming out the wazoo and he's, you know, he lives the rich lifestyle and he's sheltered and he's like, I'm going to pay people to mm-hmm. give me answers on the exams. I don't have to work for a living. Mm-hmm. He's not a likable character. Mm-hmm. And he's got like this kind of cockiness to him. Mm-hmm. Um but in the fi- in the show, like towards the end, when he and Grace go through all of their relationship troubles, he gets a bit better. Mm-hmm. But for most of like the show, he's got this like shit eating grin, uh, okay. and he has one of those faces that looks like it's made for it to a wear a shit eating a shit eating okay. grin. Right. Okay. Um, he's so unlike. Like in the first episode, he's basically like hitting on Lynn. Right. It's like I thought you were supposed to be dating Grace. He's like, I'd still fuck you. <laughs> like, oh, this is not. This feels worse, you know. Yeah. And Bank as well. Bank is supposed to be like a uh, very, very likable because obviously mm-hmm. he's the least, he's the most morally righteous character in the show for the longest time, mm-hmm. and he's the one who's subject to all of the horrible circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the show, like his like his counterpart is far less likable than the film version. Right. He's like it's just nasty. Okay. He comes across as quite nasty towards Lynn. But anyway, like uh, the point I was going to make was that. I found Lynn's mother far more attractive than her in the show. You're of a certain age. I was going to ask, yeah. is it that? Is, is this just me getting older? Happens more and more. It yeah. genuinely does. I mean, <laughs> look, neither of us are romantically successful. No. We can only go off our preferences. Yeah. So at the point now where, I mean, I don't think you would agree with this yourself, but I'd be happy with a 40-year-old. Right, okay. I'm not saying like a proper relationship or anything, mm. but I see plenty of 40-year-olds. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, like, just actresses and stuff. How old... Um, was don't, I, don't ask. Okay. Don't ask how old my mum is. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're too far into the podcast <laughs> to get to ask. If, if we were going, if I was going to ask that, yes. at least wait yes. <laughs> until the next episode. No. Uh, how old uh, is uh, Carrie... Not Carrie Mulligan. We were just talking about her. Carrie Russell. Because we just started watching The Americans. I think late 30s, like about okay. 40, something like that. Because, yeah. yeah, watching The Americans, I was like, oh, she looks really good <laughs> for, like, her age. Uh, we get virginal the more, um, <laughs> the, more the, the, the morning you know, goes on. We do. But, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you know, I, know. I yeah. didn't feel like I was old enough to, like, be at the stage where I could be fancying the mothers and the daughters. Maybe I Oh, am. no, 18-year-olds look just like children to me now. Yeah, it, it's genuinely war. I mean, like, you know, children 
occupy TikTok mm-hmm. all the time. There are so many young people mm-hmm. who are using like social media and like stuff like that. But yeah, just like a, so many people on TikTok, like, I genuinely don't know how old you are. Yeah, working in uh, Store X, mm-hmm. the you know we were talking about on the last episode. There's so many people working. Um, all of the women that are doing like the online shopping, well, they're all women. Right. I sort of gave it away in the phrase. All the people that are doing the online <laughs> okay. shopping, they're all women, which okay. I was shocked by. I can sort of understand the fact that most of the people doing the shelf stacking were men because mm. it's pure physical labor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not being sexist. Like, women don't want to do physical labor. Yeah. Men have, like, you know, we've been tamed into doing it. We lift shit. We lift shit. We lift shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what that was? We had a Chinese and did this instantly. I yeah. think it's still repeating on us. <laughs> still, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know why, because it's not like, oh, they're the face of the company, because mm. it's all done at like six in the morning when no one's about. Yeah. So I wonder why it was all women. I, I, my sister, I pointed this out to as well, and she's like, yeah, I don't know why either. Mm. Um, Do they talk to each other? Who? The women? Yeah, they talk to each other. Oh, that's good. Because you said like the shelf stackers... There wasn't much of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, the, the dot-com department seemed to be far more friendly okay, with each right. other. Um, <laughs> it's like the Mozart, your Salieri. Yeah, that, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a reference I get. <laughs> Do you want me... I can't be, <laughs> it's fine. I can't be bothered to explain it's, it's that. It's fine. I'll explain um, it after we wrap. But yes, so many of those women, I was looking at them thinking, are you even old enough to work here? Mm-hmm. Because there's like, a, I think there's a girl that like my sister is friends with, um, who looks about her age, but she's like nearly in her thirties and she's married and okay. she's like we were surprised to learn that, but mm-hmm. I think she looks young for her age. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so many women who work in that department. I was like, I genuinely don't. You look like children. Yeah, yeah. You're all probably like over eighteen, and you mm-hmm. know, you're just like, oh, this is like my university job or whatever. But I, you all look like children to me. Yeah, but before lockdown, when. Um we were going to clubs less, but still occasionally, more and more, it just felt like yeah. I was an adventure playland or something. Yeah. Like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't, I should be married with a dog by now. <laughs> if, if it was 30 years ago, I would be, you know, that's yeah. how I used to go. My, I mean, I, you think about it, my mother was 24 when she had me. I'm 26, you know. Wow. My father was 31, so I'm holding on a bit oh, of okay. uh, All right. a bit, okay. a bit of hope there. Yeah. That sounds on that bleak note. Okay, all right, yeah. Um... All right. Okay, then. We will one day have, like, a good outro prepared. Yeah. We, the, the idea for this episode, by the way, was to be two hours long. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> what, why can't we do it? What is wrong with us? You'll have to let us know, listeners, if, like, you know... I know that, like, this podcast is built on its us going off on tangents yeah. and sort of finding new conversations within conversations. But, like, just sitting here doing it... Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like we're wasting time. It doesn't feel like we're like, oh, no. uh, you know, we're just filling time at the moment. No, yeah, absolutely not. It feels like, like, oh, we're having this conversation. Like, oh, yeah, all right, we'll have another conversation now. Oh, fuck, two hours have passed. Just let it play out the yeah. way it should, yeah. Well, it's like that um, that quote from that writer, and I can't remember who, but it's like, uh, once I once I get started, I'm too lazy to stop. Yes. That's yeah. exactly what this podcast is. We're too lazy to We're stop. too lazy to stop. And on on that, that note, yeah. Let's let's be lazy. No, let's not be lazy. Let's be disciplined and stop. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're stopping now. We're stopping now. Bye. It's happening. Bye. Bye.